Although I didn't hesitate to torment Jason with my Dark Shadow summaries. But He's family. Yeah, there's a difference between friends and family. Family, you're allowed to torment. Mm-hmm. Friends, you feel a little guilty about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they say you can't choose family, but your friends can choose not to know you. Everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is Ian Boothby. And my name is David Dedrick. That's right. Uh, like we're leaving a message on an, a <laughs> voicemail. Careful to enunciate. Enunciate your name clearly. Please. That's right. Um, uh, yeah, I've been doing that a bit lately, leaving messages. And so, uh, yeah. I've been oh, really? Making, what yeah, what been, torture for you? I, 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 well, no, leaving messages is fine. Oh, Talk, is that right? Talking. Talking is the talking bad Talking is the rough one, yeah. Oh, is that? It's interesting. You, yeah. Are you okay with leaving a message? No, I'm not. I get really... Beep. Uh, Talk now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, not really good at it. I, I do a lot of tongue twisting and uh, stammering and stuttering. And I do realize I, I was making an appointment for uh, like a medical thing, standard medical mm-hmm. thing, nothing too too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I said the wrong thing. And like halfway through, I was like, no, not that, this. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, ah, oh, goddamn. And then yeah. I was like, I don't know if there'll be an option at the end of, would you like to erase and try this again, you idiot? <laughs> Press bar. So I, I bowled through and hung up and I still felt like a, a dingus. Just a dingus. Yeah. I'm sure we mentioned it before, but I'm fine with talking on the phone. Yeah, you even pick up like calls that you don't know who's on yeah, the phone. Yeah, yeah. I'll answer the phone all You'll the time. You'll meet a lot of uh, strangers. But I don't, I don't enjoy calling people because I feel guilty. About wasting their time. <laughs> so I get worried. Like, I'm just like, oh, they're probably busy and I'm going to be calling. I'll call later. I'll call later on. And then, of course, I don't call. Mm-hmm. You know, I do that all the time. Or or I just don't feel like calling. <laughs> but once I'm back on the phone, I'm fine. Right. I enjoy it. Like, I know there's some stuff with your mom. But does your mom like it when you call? Because that's the, that's the normal thing of, like, call your parents. Your parents will always like a phone call. Yeah, my mom parents. does like it when I call, but I, I don't call very often. In fact, I'm more likely to drop drop in unannounced mm. than I am. And that's how I've always been. I'd rather just, I know that. You're would, a craft commercial. I know that it would kill she you. She has to whip out the processed <laughs> cheese. Does. Slices. Put, yeah. When Dave drops by mm-hmm. unexpectedly. Well, God damn it, it's your mom. The, she better have some baking in the, in the, yeah, have some cookies in the cookie jar. And get out some celery sticks. Some sort of, some sort of bar in the fridge. Whiz yeah, yeah. And make some ants on a log. For, <laughs> well, my mom is the sort of woman. Ant, sorry, ants on a log. Let me just, but I want to know raisins, what your mom's like. Raisins. Okay. An, yeah. Uh, but is it peanut butter or is it cheese? What do you, what do you put on ants on a log? What's I, this spread? I think it's, I believe that it's, um, peanut butter. I think it's peanut butter. Because it's a log. Why would it be orange? Well, that's ants on a Cheeto. That's a fair thing. And I, except, well, here's why: mm-hmm. because cheese and uh, celery, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, the raisins uh, and celery, bu- peanut butter, peanut butter and uh, celery, pretty good. Is it? Oh yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay. Continue. Because because it's kind of like with a cucumber or lettuce, which is also good with peanut butter. It's because the the warm mm. the warm peanut butter is set off by the crisp coolness of the lettuce or cucumber. Okay. And the celery as well. I think celery is not as good as cucumber or lettuce with uh, okay but your mother is my mother is a sort of person who will make i'll tell you this before we go on she this was her favorite salad to make when we were growing up shredded carrots miracle whip raisins that's a salad right there i think that's a salad (laughs) i know it is i just don't want to eat it no no i don't think it is a salad i don't know if that counts as a salad (laughs) i suppose it's a salad 
I mean, it's got it's got vegetables. It's got the carrot. True. And then it has something else in it, which is raisins, which is That's ridiculous. A fruit. It's a fruit. So it's got one vegetable. Yes. It's a, How many vegetables does a salad need? Just I one? I think just one. Because you could make like, uh, you could just cut up uh, tomatoes and have like tomato salad with some vinaigrette. And that'd be acceptable. And that's a fruit. Is that a, sa- is that that's a, a salad fruit. or is sure. that just tomatoes? Oh, I mean, if you add... I'm eating a tomato. If you add vinaigrette oh, to it... that looks like a nice salad to mm, me. But if you add vinaigrette to it, you've if got I'm, a salad. All right, I'm crunching on an apple. Crunch. Mom, mom, mom. Uh, like, just taking a bite out of it. Oh, that's a nice uh, apple salad you got there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Caesar salad is just lettuce. I guess it has cheese and stuff on it. But, I mean, it's basically... You could just have it with lettuce and it wouldn't be any different. Right. That's a salad. Okay. So here is the uh, here is the Wikipedia definition of sal- of salad. A sa- by the way, have we lost everybody? All right, good. <laughs> now we can finally talk. Let's get I get real. I'm going to tell you that. Anyway, all right. So a dictionary de- or a Wikipedia. A salad is a dish consisting of mixed, yeah, mostly natural ingredients. Okay, with at least uh, what makes it a salad. Yeah, is at least one raw ingredient. Oh, I see. I see. They are often, but it has to be mixed. Yeah. But, I mean, the carrot thingy is... They're often dressed and typically served at room temperature or chilled, though some can be served warm. Well, how is a potato salad a salad, then? It's cold. No, no, but it's not not raw. Where's the raw in the potato salad? The celery. Ah, you got some crunchy celery. (laughs) Okay. I mean, part of it. But, I mean, so my mom's carrot Mm -hmm. salad counts, and it's a mix of two things. I mean, it's not a great... It's not a big mix, but it's a mix of two things. Right. Oh, Okay. Here's what makes it a salad. Okay. This is a... This Another... There's a different defi- de- yeah, definition. Yeah, this is on allrecipes.com. Oh, okay. What, you know, what makes a salad a salad? Yeah. Here's what it is. Sure. Dressing. That's what I would think, too. Like, yeah. if you have tomatoes in a bowl, that's tomatoes in a bowl. But if you add a vinaigrette to it, uh-huh. you've made a salad. If you add some onions, then you've really made a salad. Okay. So, uh, ants on a log. If you added some cucumbers, you made a Greek salad. What's that? It's not a salad because it's no, peanut no. butter is too thick. To be a dressing. It's not a dressing, yeah. It's more more of a Where if you if you snack, if you loosen it up with a little water, yeah. pour that on the you celery and you got a salad. <laughs> yes, if you add some balsamic vinegar to the peanut butter and pour that onto the celery. Okay. And add some raisins, you should kill yourself because you're a monster. Yeah. <laughs> people are asking right now, is a is a people are out there asking oh, yeah. right now. All, all recipes people. So then if that's a definition of a salad, yeah. uh are pizzas a salad? No. Okay. Because it's cooked. Yeah, but they could have a raw ingredient on it. Put like some raw ingredients on it. Nah, you're I right. Guess you... the, the cooked bit, you're right. Are nachos a salad? Nope. <laughs> no. Don't be okay. silly. Okay, there's three. Okay. Here's the definition of a salad. Mm-hmm. Things that seem sensibly like a salad and not a stupid question like are nachos a salad. Mm-hmm. Okay. Salad. Any, any of a wide variety of dishes that fall into the following principal categories. Green salads, okay. vegetable salads, All right. salads of pasta, okay, yeah, okay. mixed salads incorporating good. meat, okay. uh, poultry salads or seafood, mm-hmm. and fruit salads. That's what we get in the world of salads. I guess, but I mean, a, a, tuna, a tuna, tuna salad is uh, has a dressing, right? So Yeah. Okay. Is, uh, is an onion classified as salad? No. Why would anyone... <laughs> is a lasagna a sandwich or a salad? What are we doing? <laughs> I'm How is I'm, it a sandwich? I'm I'm canceling my subscription to the internet. This is uh, <laughs> this is unacceptable, frankly. No yeah. no no dice on that. No, it's all, all ridiculous. Right. But anyway, what were we saying about my mom? Oh, she does like when I call, but she the thing is is like Elisa asked me just the other day actually she said um 
have you talked to your mom lately? And I said, no. And she said, oh, you haven't talked to her since before your trip. And I said, yeah, but hey, guess what? I have a phone. She can call me. Why am I always... Are you sure? She can. When was the last time you had a call? Quite a while ago. Yeah, maybe your phone doesn't work. No, my mom's just uh, one of those people who holds a grudge forever. Oh, so the last call was a bad call? No, it's just that I don't call enough, so she's not going to call. So that's it. At the end of uh, <clears throat> at the end of like a, a person's life, yeah, you know, uh, do they do they release then the 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 score <laughs> of the points they they scored on you? Yeah, and like you release the thing like you know my dad died. Okay, well let's see what our scores were. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventy five to eighty one. <laughs> he beat me by all the points. Oh well, I guess he won. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You get to take those points with you as well, and it matters. It really matters. That you win a lot of arguments with your family. There's nothing. There's nothing better than winning an argument with your family. Uh, it's just great. Ugh. Yuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's what bad it, to win arguments with your friends. It's worse to win arguments with your family. Yeah. Yeah, my mom will be like, "Oh, you never call. You never call your brother Cam." And I'm like, "Yeah, I do. I'm the only person in that two-way relationship that calls the other person. He has never called me on the phone. I've I always call him to talk." Right. So if I don't call him for a while, oh well. <laughs> Does he communicate with you in other ways? No. Like, no. Will he, will he like a post of yours on a Facebook or something? No. Okay. Or if he does, I think it's just his wife liking it through through his account. Yeah. I mean, I I, I like the guy because you were saying he thought I was funny, so that that was good. <laughs> yeah. You told me you listened to the podcast a while back, and it was like, uh, okay, that's good. Then I'm on board with him. I love my brother. He's my brother. Of course. Sure, 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 sure. And I do like to talk. Oh to yeah, him. yeah, yeah. It's just that you know we're both busy and and I and I do have my thing of like feeling guilty about calling people. So it takes like I have to like it has to be like an emergency. I have to right. be like I'm trying to wire something. It is like it's like this. It's like you know you know it's like what do you feel about your uh, your sister? Oh, I love my sister. And when I hear myself say that, uh oh, that's not good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because the other way of saying is, "Oh, they're great. They're great." No, yeah, I can, uh, yeah, they're, that's the that's the real answer. But it's like, "Oh, I I, I love them I, very much. They're I wish yeah. them the best." And, I do. Yeah, of and course if Ka- you do. And if Cam called me tomorrow and said, "Hey, I, we got to move. Would you mind coming and helping us?" Yeah, but to be fair, you love moving. You're the you're like you're the <laughs> rarest of birds. <laughs> That like when someone goes, listen, I need help moving, you go, oh boy. It's not that I love moving. Instead of, oh shit. It's not that I love moving. It's I like helping people. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a pleasure to me. That's that's a pleasure. I don't want to move my own. I I have no interest in moving myself. No, 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 no. Why would you want to help yourself? I don't want to move ever because we've like accumulated so much stuff that we're like, I don't know. Yeah. We're like a ship with 400 anchors attached to it. I know, you just got to set it all on fire, really. (laughs) It it is like. Well, I'm just going to leave it for the girls to deal with. I remember the get, last... Get out uh, the shovels, kids. That's always a good feeling, yeah. It's like... Um, like, I remember the last time I had to move, and I really would have, like, paid infinite money for a disintegrator pistol. And it's just like, if I could just have had, like, some sort of, like, gun that I could just shoot at my stuff and just just dissolve it, turn it to ash, just Thanos the fuck out of this stuff. Isn't it funny? There is... I guess there's a point that you reach where you just don't want to move it anymore. Like, for a while, you're fine with moving. You move for a couple couple of different places over time, and you're like, oh, that's fine. I don't mind moving my collection of whatever, this or that, or, you know, all my books or all my records, CDs, all my turntables. And then at some point, you're just like, oh, man, I I don't want to pack all this stuff up. Like, I don't want to. Like, that was enough. When we moved into that house, I probably had 
an eighth of what I have now downstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like I didn't, I mean, I had a lot of records for a human. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of records. Now I have a lot of records for a radio station, you know? Yeah. Like I, I'm past like, I'm past past, like this mere like human amount of records. Yeah, you're in your basement and Nardwar's there. And you're like, what's he doing here? Well, he goes where the records (laughs) are. That's right. He's got a broadcast. But (laughs) yeah, it's just like, I don't, you know, and, and the other thing was, is like my brother had just moved when we moved and he had all these great boxes he'd got from work, which were like absolutely perfectly made for records and CDs and books. Like you could fit records in them perfectly. Yeah. No space top to, on top and bottom. Just close up, close the lids, put them, you know, pack them up. There, it is perfect. I will never see the likes of those again. I have bought boxes for, you know, that you buy in like Home Depot. So they're not made for people to move. Mm-hmm. They're made for, I don't know, like who, who could pack a box the size they sell with stuff and then actually like physically carry it out of their house? No one. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. Like this is way too big. These are like good sized. Oh, they're perfect. I wish I'd kept them all, but of course. You're like, ah, do I need all these? And if I did, they have all disintegrated about 10 years ago. Yeah, that's true. That's the other, that's the other element. Because that was a long time ago. Jeez, I mean, 25 years ago now, by Eve's age, that we moved to that house. So Yeah, I'm of the, uh, you know, because we were, you know, in the last, in the last little while, you know, uh, a lot of things that uh, we did work-wise have dried up. So there's been, you know, thoughts of like, should we move from the house that we're renting? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, one, just the idea of moving is, <laughs> yes. is ridiculous. Also, it's so expensive to move that we're just like, it's just easier to pay rent than it is to pay moving expenses. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we live in Vancouver, so we'd be paying, you know, a shitty amount. Anyway, like a backbreaking amount at a much smaller, worse place that yeah. doesn't have a backyard and a front yard. Yeah. And, you know, the potential to do these other things. And the other thing, of course, it would just be too much regret of like, not utilizing the space in ways that we wanted to utilize the space. We yeah. have been able to utilize it in many ways and do things in here that I'm very proud of. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, we've made it available for, you know, friends' wedding and uh, other things. And we, we had, like, a really nice video podcast with people mm-hmm. for our, you know, 400th mm-hmm. episode here. We've done, But I really want to do more and shoot more things here and record more things here and, yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah but yeah one of the things that is definitely like you know keeping us here even though the rent is just crushing is is the idea of like oh we're not boxing up this shit we're not doing that again <laughs> well so soon too oh my gosh well it feels soon and it feels not soon because mm. you know because of the pandemic that all of a sudden there was like infinite time mm. in between things mm. as well so it feels like like I remember the first time uh, we 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 moved here. Like around this time of the year, because it was around Halloween, because we moved like just before Halloween, and yeah. and I was lit- just in time for the rain. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> but it was like I was literally waist deep in boxes. Like there were just boxes everywhere. Like waist deep, like swimming mm-hmm. through boxes. Yeah. Like uh, we we had Halloween, and uh, and there was one, one, the one thing I really remember is this one kid. We opened the door, and they looked inside the house, and like. What's with all the boxes? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, we just moved. Why don't you put them away? 
I was just like, do you want a fucking candy bar or not? I'm not looking for notes on the house. Fucking hell, we got a relationship here. You dress up like a vampire, I give you a Snickers, you fuck the fuck off. No, no. Maybe you go, I got a nut allergy and I give you a Starburst. That's about it. But otherwise, you know, you keep running your trap, you're getting a boot down the stairs. What's my costume? A guy who's had enough of this shit. <laughs> I got rent evicted out of my last place, you little fuck. Anyway, a happy Halloween to you. Are you scared? There, that was it. That was your scary That's thing. Scared of modern ennui? Yeah, you, here's something scary. Guess how much rent will be when you're my age? Huh? Try, try to figure out what that'll be in this mm, city. Yeah. Ah, I'm just kidding. The earthquake will have hit by then. Get out of here, you! <laughs> Yes. It'll never go up. Wait. Yeah. You're going to be living in a balloon. No, you're right, actually. Like, if you moved out of here, you would be paying not much less to live in a mm-hmm. worse place. Much less. Much, I mean, I mean, much less good place. You, oh, no, no, that's what I mean. You'd be, yeah, you'd be paying not much less rent than you're paying yeah. now, but for a worse. Much, much worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A place where you couldn't run the TV loud. Yeah. 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 Which is something, I mean, I never... I always, I never lived in an apartment as a kid, right? Like, I never lived in a, but I remember, like, having a friend who lived in a duplex and him, like, being like, oh, we got to turn the TV down because the neighbor's home. What? <laughs> this yeah. is so, so new to me, the whole concept of, like, you have to respect someone else's space, which when we lived in the townhouse, of course, ideally, that's what should have happened. Our neighbors weren't very good at that, but that's uh, where I developed my deep dislike of Tragically Hip for a while was his insistence on blasting them through our well, wall. There's a, yeah, there's a bit of where you go, like, I'm an adult. I feel like I should be able to watch TV now. <laughs> yeah. You know, as yeah. an adult. Yeah. I still feel weird that I can't have a dog. Mm. Like having someone, you know, when I'm in my 50s and someone going like, yeah, you're not allowed to have a dog. But I'm in my 50s. Mm. I should be able to have a dog. What are you talking about? Yeah. It yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. And you can have one cat. Well, I can't have two cats. I used to be able to have two cats. And I, I was in a shitty place. Ah, it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, it makes no, it makes no sense to me. Uh, but like uh, when it, when I lived the last apartment I lived in, you just keep replaying stuff in your head, and like there was a person who lived down the hall who kept falling asleep with pots on the stove. Wow! You know, and we we did have like a fire in the uh, laundry room, which was you know very close to underneath where we lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and yeah, it's like I'm reliant on other people's. You know, ability to not burn the place down. Yeah. You know, but if they fuck up, uh, then uh, <clears throat> yeah. I lose everything or die. Yeah. And and Pia, she uh, had just recently moved out of another apartment where that happened, and the apartment burned down mm-hmm. because someone else just fucked up. You're in a room. You're in a building full of a bunch of people, and you know, hopefully none of them go crazy. Yeah. And uh, start roaming the hallways, causing trouble, or <laughs> set stuff on fire, yeah. or know some bad people, or but uh, yeah, you just uh, it's and, and and there was another incident where there was someone who was above us who was making all this noise, incredible amount of noise, like uh, for like days and days and days, and we yeah. were talking to the the uh, building uh, uh, woman who was there, and and she said, ah, well, you know, you should probably go talk to them. Like, I don't want to go talk to them. And it was louder, louder. It's like, eh, eh, you should probably talk to them. I'm not going to talk to them. And then it turned out they, like, stole everything. Like, upstairs. They stole everything. They oh, stole we... the fridge. They stole the sinks. They stole wiring out of the walls. They st- they just That's stripped crazy. the place down. I know. That's crazy. And it was like, well, maybe you should have checked. <laughs> but it's like, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you, you think, live, you think if they're doing people. that, they would be more quiet and more sneaky about it, not like no, no, <laughs> making no. a bunch of noise. No, they have drug-related sure, things stuff, that they yeah, want to fund. That's it, yeah. And by the way, I live very close to them, and maybe uh, maybe our place would be a good place to rob as well. Who knows? And there, they got keys to the door to get in. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's just like once you've like lived in a house, you know, and have that kind of independence, it's just like yeah, the idea of like going back to an apartment. Mother, mm. even even when I look at these um, luxury condos, yeah, that you know are like insanely expensive, it's just like. Why would you do that? Why would you live in one of these? You still well, you can't afford it anywhere else. Or there's nowhere else available nowadays. No, but so. when it's luxury, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you could actually rent a house mm. easily for the price of, or even like purchase a not great house, but a house yeah. for the price of these luxury condos, mm. which mm. are like, you know, up there to a million bucks or more. And, but you've just got like a, a slightly fancy pants apartment and you still got to keep the fucking TV down, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Oof. Yes. I guess it's location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Although, <clears throat> according to people in the know who've been around, like the West End and Yale Town and stuff like that, is there's not that many people who live in those buildings. They're mostly mm-hmm. like empty. Mm-hmm. There's empty apartments and stuff in them. It's investments. Yeah. Yeah. They're just they're not really for people to live in. They're like not even like local people investing. They're like buyers groups from other places, you know, who invest in these places and. uh yeah, thanks for driving the price up. It's just the reality of the, the world now. It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. Yeah, it'd be nice if reality changed a bit. That'd be nice, that kind of thing. And people could live in places and live in them. It, ah, it just feels <laughs> like that would be better, right? Wouldn't that be better? Well, I was oh. I was uh, paging through my Instagram reels today during lunch. Um, and this one came up and the lady was just said, oh, here's the side hustle you can make this amount of money. You can save up. And buy your first investment property. And I was just like, ugh. <laughs> like, I know people, it's, it's good. You bought an investment property, that's great. But yeah. at the same time, you're the reason that everything's so expensive. Because yeah, 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 yeah. this is the sort of thing that's driving prices up. Because it's, it's meaningless as a living space. It's only meaningful as an investment property. You know, so it's where, it doesn't matter where it is. You know, if it's at, like the bottom of a ditch, it's still worth investing in because people need to live somewhere. So, and I know I've, I'm. It's like, oh, everywhere is expensive, even the bottom of a ditch. I'm feeling like hippy dippy about it, but like, <laughs> you got an apartment that's empty. It could be full of people living there, having mm-hmm. memories, making things, mm-hmm. raising kids, yeah. doing doing projects. You know, just living their lives and having a dream and like. Yeah. Being together and there's love in there and it's like now it's the holidays and they're decorating and they're making nice meals or empty. And <laughs> yeah. it's just like, fuck, it's just so sad. The idea of this vacant, empty thing that's there when it could be full of people, yeah. you know, and, and, and alive and it could actually be something. Be like going to an art gallery. It's just frames. Yeah. Just frames. And, you know, they pretend that there's a painting there. Just pretend. That's fine. It's just it's worth just as much. We're uh, the space is what's important. On the wall is what we're holding. Maybe we'll maybe we'll put a painting in there someday, but it doesn't really matter. Anyway, enjoy the art gallery. It's all empty. <laughs> yeah. It's just, well, what I are mean, we doing this for? We're getting what's a, the whole point. We're getting an eight story building in Aldergrove. It's being built right now, and uh, the only people I know who bought something there, I don't know them. I know my brother in law. They're friends of my brother and sister in law, brother in law and sister in law, and they um, they bought a apartment there it's an investment property mm-hmm. i'm like oh great so people are just buying apartments in there to keep empty super this is fantastic right 
like what what's the point of this like because i I didn't get an argument, but I was talking about it at, at church with a with a woman who lives in another. Yeah, tall, you let your fists building. do the talking. You yeah, don't, you, don't you, never you know me. Argument. You know me, especially with women, because they, you know, I'm bigger than them. I don't want to. I don't want to get an argument with people who are bigger than me. That's that's not fun. Um, so no, we were just talking, and and uh, she lives in another tall building, and and all to grow. I think it's like six stories. We don't have a lot of them, but there's a couple in this little area, and she was like. Well, we need more tall buildings so people can live there. And I'm like, but who's living there? Like everyone talks like yeah. this. Young people need a place to live. Who can pay these prices? Yeah, I don't see how young people. Most young people. I don't understand. I, was, I had a house when I was <laughs> yeah. a young person. Yeah. Why can't you do the same that I did? Oh, is everything the same as when you were a young person? No. <laughs> no. No. It's four times as much. Yeah. Than what it cost in the past. It's literally four times as much to yeah, buy. Compar- yeah, yeah. If you if you compare it to like what the uh, median income is, uh, it's like it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely bananas. It reminds me like when uh, my first visit to L.A. and I um, went to a person's house. I was like, oh, it's a fancy house, and they got a pool in the back and whatever. And all they had in the house, the entire house, which was a large house, was a bed, a weight set, end of list. That was it. And I think they had a kitchen table, mm. but like with two chairs. Yeah, that was it. And 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 it was like, oh, so you're gonna? Did you just move in? No, they've been there for like two years. Two years? <laughs> what what's going on? And it was because they needed to be at this address. Yeah, you know, for I don't know status or whatever. It was just like you had to live in this area if you really wanted to work and be taken seriously oh, as okay. whatever you were. Okay. So this this is where you would live. So. You know, if they were entertaining, they just like ha- meet everyone by the pool in the back, and the pool was nice. Yeah, yeah. But like the house was empty, except for you know, like the like the futoniest of futons, <laughs> and then you know this little kitchen table. And it was like Jesus Christ. Even this one writer that uh, they knew was kind of a fancy pants writer with an ama- again amazing pool in the back, <laughs> but they had this TV room that they never used with this gigantic TV screen that took up like a, a full wall. And then it was just full of boxes, just full of boxes. Huh. Cause you know, yeah, I don't really watch a lot of stuff in here. And I was just like, well, what's the point? Why'd you get the giant TV? You know, cause you do. Cause you know, well, you TV room. yeah, it's just a thing you do. It's a status thing. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you make a certain amount of money and you buy the fancy house and you, get the fancy things and maybe you don't get the fancy things but yeah it was just like why wh- where do you live this is bullshit this is bullshit living <laughs> so frustrating it is frustrating. i mean immediately you think like if i lived here well mm-hmm. yeah yeah you mm-hmm. invite friends over to watch the big tv and you do this and this and this and, yeah yes it's crazy it's crazy like to me like you know your place makes sense it's like you know, you got a place for the stuff that you that that you want, and you know, you've got like, uh, you know, over over time, you've had a wide variety of animals. <laughs> you know, when you were saying that you've got chickens, it's like, yeah, if you got a backyard where you're allowed to have chickens, why not have some chickens? This mm. is nice. You know, you're just you're using your space as as a living space for the things you do, and then here's you know your workspace, and you do podcasts there, and yeah, it all makes sense. Yep, it's definitely like. Uh, a lived-in in the best way house, and I, I feel like you know uh, that's what I sort of feel sometimes about. And again, you've got a clean home, but like that's what I <laughs> feel not, about not people really. sometimes <laughs> when you go into their homes and they're like too clean, and mm. you're just like, "Do you live in this?" It's almost the yeah. the feeling of you know uh, the old timey 
couches that have the plastic on them yeah. and the room that the kids aren't allowed to go into. And it's like, well, what's this bullshit? Mm-hmm. This is no good. No, live, live in it. Yeah. Live, live, damn you, live. One of my chores as a kid or as a teenager was to vacuum every day at our, in our house. Every day I vacuum the carpet. And then my mom would come home and she'd vacuum again. <laughs> well, I'm going to say, your childhood really sucked. <laughs> well, I mean, we all have chores that we do, I think. Not that. So. Not vacuum every day. Yeah. Every Even day. a maid doesn't vacuum every day. <laughs> I know. This is crazy. And that's their my job. Mom is, my mom is, I mean, I didn't vacuum the same area. I mean, I've had like various areas of the house that I would vacuum. But yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of weird. Like I just, my mom is, a, you know, she's, she's. Um, I don't know how to, you know they just came. She came from like a culture of like where your house is always spick and span, and you never nothing out of place and nothing left out. Right. And if I left things in the bathroom, and like if I read a book in the bathroom and just left it on the ledge by the toilet, mm-hmm. like the downstairs one, she would just throw it away, <laughs> just throw the book away. Just you left it out. It's garbage. Out it goes. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Yeah, so I have to go out to I have to go out to the garbage and find my uh, my book. Yeah, it feels like the vacuuming was more a control thing and also just like. Giving you something to do so you wouldn't do other things. Yeah, know? maybe, yeah. Because if you want to, like, stop your kid from running amok, you give them a chore that has to be completed. And, you know, maybe at the end of that, you're pooped. Yeah. And so you don't have that young person yeah. energy to, I you Because like, if you didn't have that to do, you'd just be like, I'm bored. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Doing all your boy stuff around the house. and like. Uh, I guess. I mean, mostly, most of the time I spent was up, up in my room by myself reading or drawing so i wasn't really like under underfoot right or i'd be downstairs hogging the television i wonder if she, i wonder if she had to do the same thing when she was a kid oh i don't doubt it hmm. and she didn't have a great relationship with her mom so you know there's a reason why she moved to minneapolis when she <laughs> was young. did you ever know your grandmother oh yeah okay oh yeah she lived to like 99 right so yeah but she was um she was a funny woman because she was kind and very generous to you know as a, a grandma generous like she didn't give up money, but but uh, you know she always had us over for dinner, or she'd you know take you fi- on a fishing trip or things like that oh, when we were kids. And uh, did she show you how to fish? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh, but she never was affectionate. She never never like showed any kind of affection or any any sort of emotional. Right. She was very close that off that way. That was her way of showing affection was taking you on the fishing trip. Yeah. Yeah. Doing yeah. things was, she's just a dep- was the bonding. Yeah, she was a depre- woman who lived through the Depression and World War Two, and right. you know, lived grew up in a farm with. Yeah, you know, that was her. Just that kind of stoic. No, no point complaining. Mm-hmm. You got to ride a horse to to school in in the snow. No point complaining. It's one of those situations where, I mean, this is getting a little dark. But if you asked her, like, you know, uh, do you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah, how many are still alive? No, it's like not the not the biggest number. Yeah, and it's like that's of that era. Yeah, yeah. You know, my mom was um, this uh, the seventh child, and uh, and and yeah, I was losing uncles at hmm. a crazy rate. Hmm. Yeah, just that was that was how it was. Yeah. So you gotta. Oh well. Hey, keep going. I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up in a family with with a great besides my grandpa, my mom's dad. Like everyone lived like a long, long time, you know. Like, if they lived, yeah, that's the thing. If they lived, yeah, like it definitely was an era of casual tragedy, where it was just like, sure. you know. Uh, but even there, like my uncle John, who I never knew, he died when he was nineteen or twenty, some, some age mm-hmm. like that. He just had a heart. He just died of a heart sure. failure, like when he was yeah. 
he graduated from accounting school, went out for drinks with his friends to celebrate, and then passed away. Yep. And uh, but other than that, everyone else lived to like healthy long time, like oh, a long good. time. So I didn't deal with much in the way of like death as a kid. You know, like losing grandparents or losing aunts and uncles and stuff like that. Like almost all of them are still with us. But I think the previous generation had that as a regular thing. Like mm-hmm. definitely my grandparents' generation. Yeah, you yeah. know. It would be rare if there would be someone who had, you know, uh, a large amount of kids yeah. who all of the kids made it. No, no, that's for sure. You know, it's it's just, uh, what do you do with that? Where do you put that in your heart? <laughs> well, you change your heart and yeah. you just go, there you go. And now uh, now it's time to go to war. Now it's time to go and do this. Now it's go time to work in the mill. Now it's, this is just how it is and how it is. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, they get a little hard. And then when they're grandparents. Even when they're mothers, yeah. 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 Like I say, I don't think my mom, I don't think my mom and my grandma were very close. So, but my mom was dutiful and looked, looked after her when she was older and, and always visited her, her and stuff like that. So did, uh, did your mom have uh, sisters or brothers? Mom has one sister. Okay. Yeah, older sister. Was she close to her, her mom? Um, I mean, in my idea of closeness, they were very close. Like my aunt came over every, or we went to her house or she came to our house every Christmas day. That was, Christmas Day was my mom's side of the family celebration. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, we saw them and we we were there all the time. Like as kids, I was close to my cousins. I, she had two daughters. She was divorced, but she had two daughters and she lived, still lives in the same house. I had, we just visit, Lisa and I, or the girls and I visited just before the girls moved to their new place in Chilliwack. Because we, okay. we were in Coquitlam picking up a desk for Mary. And I was like, oh, I'll show you where I used to live. And so we drove around neighborhood and stuff like that and i was like oh i'll show you where my aunt lived and then i said hey we're here let's just say hello and so we just parked and said went in and she was Did a, a typical dave drop by exactly and she was going out for yeah. a hair appointment and she's she, like and she ran back inside grabbed some celery sticks some craft cheese <laughs> she had to put together some yeah she's yeah she's fat she did patty de foie gras yeah, like yeah. ritz crackers with cottage cheese on them <laughs> What an olive. And some pimento, uh, <laughs> pimento loaf. <laughs> but uh, she was actually le- she was going to leave for a hair 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 appointment. Right. But she just canceled it. She phoned and, and postponed oh, it because okay. she'd rather have seen us. So yeah, I'm just not very good at phoning people. But I the surprise drop in is very appealing to me. I don't mind the idea of it myself. I don't know. I find it kind of cool. I love though that your uh, your reason for it is like I don't want to bother people, so I'll just drop in instead. <laughs> but I mean, like, infinitely yeah, yeah. more. Uh, intrusive. But if, you're, if you're home, you know. I know, but you got no home, Like, if fine. you're on the phone and say you don't feel like talking, you can go, oh, I'm just on the other line or something, something, or sorry, I've got to take a huge shit. So I should go. <laughs> That's a good excuse. Yeah. That's better than the other line one because I'm like, like what, what do you run a business there? Like, what, how many phones do you have? <laughs> like, sorry, I'm talking to Toronto on line two. Do you mind yeah. if I. Yeah, sorry, I'm just sexting my lover. <laughs> um, but if you drop by, then, you know, what, what can you do? I don't know you, what it is. I've always been that way. I've always been that way. So I the other to... people are in the car with mm-hmm. you at the time. When you go, let's do a drop by, mm-hmm. uh, do they go, no, no. this is bananas. Or no, they go, that sounds like a great idea. Yes, it did. Nice. Okay. Because yeah, it's fun to drop in on people. <laughs> I don't mean, it's my my aunt. My aunt. You're a sitcom My aunt character. is not going to say no to me and... And I know, I know. My aunt and my aunt's like my mom. They're not going to have a messy house either. You're just going to come yeah, in, yeah. and it's going to be a mess. I would drop by on my grandparents as all if the they time. expected yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like if you drop by Lisa and my, I, yeah, when we weren't expecting, yeah, you, there's going to be some mess in the house. 
Not a there tremendous amount of mess, but there you know, just be. some books laying around and dog blankets on the floor and all the rest of that stuff. Right. So maybe some dishes that haven't been washed in the sink and things. Um, Are you going to be uh, dressed in a way that you could be accepting company, or is it like sweatpants and like a tank top? And it depends what that's time one, that's you one came. of my things is just like, how do you know that the person's going to be like, you know, clothed appropriately for? <laughs> Uh, well, know. once again, they're older people, so they're just going to be dressed. Like there's time. There's times when I get the ding dong and uh, go to the door, and it's um, Avon. It's Christians, and they're in a suit, and I just feel like, well, I'm at a disadvantage yeah. now. Like I'm at my house, <laughs> and I was doing random house things, yeah. to which I am dressed appropriately, yeah. but I'm not appropriate. Dressed to be talking to two gentlemen in suits, yeah, about the Lord, sure. right now. So, uh, no, this is uh, inappropriate. Please be more slovenly and come back later. <laughs> Make me feel better about myself. Yeah, you should tell them that. Mm-hmm. Quit dressing up. We're just going door to door talking about uh, good news. Mm. Okay, all right. I know you got to do this. That's fine. It's nice that you're all dressed up. Hope you have a nice day. When I was younger, I would... What's with all the boxes? Fuck you! <laughs> I couldn't do it with Lisa because Lisa lived... Uh, when I, before I drove, I couldn't have done that because Lisa lived off the bus grid. So I couldn't I couldn't have walked from the bus to her house. It would have taken me all day. But, um, yeah, I would regularly, like, David's. I would just, like, take the bus over. If he was home... Without telling him that... Yeah, yeah. If, if he was home, I would just drop in. And if he wasn't home, I'd go back home on the bus. So you wouldn't, okay, nowadays, yeah. now that we live in the future. Now we live I would still year, do that. Two, year 2022. <laughs> I would still do you that. You would not consider yeah. uh, like going onto a social media that he's on mm-hmm. and going like uh, in the neighborhood, uh, uh, cool to drop by. You wouldn't think of that. Just like knock, knock, knock. Yep. Okay. Yep. Again, you're a sitcom character. <laughs> like in sitcoms, characters just drop by and sure. like, we were in the neighborhood. Yeah. And just like, that just sounds crazy. <laughs> It does sound, it just, it's, it's odd now. Like, I remember our first Christmas dinner and I made turkey for the very first time and it was, I was, it was very nerve wracking and, you know, because you're, everyone builds it up like it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life and it's not really that hard, but, you know, so you're done and you've timed everything. And I remember it was the very first time I did it. So, you know, I had everything timed perfectly. All the vegetables are ready. The turkey was ready. Everything was ready. We we're just waiting for Lisa's mom and dad to come and they were like 45 minutes late. And I was, I was so mad. I had to go for a walk. I just had to leave the house and just go for a walk down the street and come back again. And uh, the reason they were late was they were just getting ready to leave and then some people dropped by. Ah. Some uh, people from the States had driven up. And, uh, what if it was you? <laughs> <laughs> you got a real David Lynchy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, I, I, you know, some, obviously I was like upset about the... But to me, that's perfectly reasonable reason to be late is that people drop, dropped in. And that was not unusual for them. Like it happened like many times when I was there. Like there was like a fa- like a couple, and they would just like drive their motorhome up from. It's in Oregon. They would drive up from Oregon and just pop, come in. They wouldn't even be yeah. like. There was no message. They didn't say we're coming up for a couple of weeks. We're maybe thinking of dropping by and saying hi. No, they just come in, park their motorhome, stay there for a few days. There was, there was a time that uh, you and I were having uh, dinner uh, at uh, Sukin Lee's place. That's right. I'm dropping a name. Also, at the time, Chester Browns. Yeah. And uh, they still she, live together. She made us a chicken dinner. 
And then we're in the living room and then just some friends drop by. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was just a a thing that happened. And I remember at the time thinking, that's unusual and and interesting. (laughs) I like the idea. I I like the idea of like a house, being in a house. Yeah. uh, And like someone could just knock on your door. Yeah. Because they, you know, in an apartment, they buzz and it's a little different and what have you. But just like, yeah, the doors kind of open a little bit and they just come in and it's just like, yeah, people just walk in and we leave the door open and. Uh, so I'm done, you know, Sukin Lee uh, leaves your door open. So, you know, if, in case you want to just go into her place. Um, <laughs> when she's home. When, when she, well, no, all the time. She just leaves it open, leaves all, the it open all the time. Yeah, okay. just go in. Didn't realize. Yeah, I'm sure she's got some awards lying around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I thought, that's an interesting lifestyle. That's interesting. The idea of, like, friends dropping by. That's how I, I grew up, though. Yeah. Like, uh, friends and family. I always, like, we had, like, a very close-knit group of people in our neighborhood, kind of in our corner of our like corner of our two streets who always like came over or we went over there and just dropped in yeah in fact my dad put in like um he built our fence and then he built our another our another neighbor's fence Mm -hmm. and he put gates in the two fences so that he my friend and i could go back and forth from houses or they could go back and forth through houses and stuff like that so they'd play cards over there on a saturday night or or there's friends would come over and play cards at our place or my Ants would just drop by. My fake ants or real ant would drop by and just just come by. And even especially when we had the pool, oh my gosh, all the time, every every weekend, people would just come by, pop in, say hello, jump in the pool. Yeah, this is how I grew up. So I never. It doesn't seem odd to me that I would do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when I when I lived like in uh, my old old apartment or old ish apartment on Tenth, uh, because I was doing mini comics i have my address in the in the comics mm. um and uh i would occasionally get someone to drop who would drop by yeah uh sometimes full weird uh situation <laughs> well that's a little different nice. that's sometimes a little different it was, uh, yeah. sometimes it was good sometimes it was bad mm-hmm. and sometimes it was someone like that i knew and yeah. they and they got my address out of that and was just like oh, i was just around i was just wondering if you wanted to like uh, hang out or go for a walk go for a walk <laughs> Like I guess, like lit- I literally remember, like when the when the person called said, like go for a walk. How's that work? Mm. Like who who did to where? Yeah, like and back. Like I I've obviously and back. Otherwise I, I'd be homeless. <laughs> but but it was like okay. Have you have you got a set route yeah. in mind? And it was like no. Let's just wander. Yeah, just wander. Why not? Like it was crazy. Crazy to me that idea. Oh, just that's like you, know, you got to have a set walking that you're going to go to this and then you're going to go to that. <laughs> well, I do like a. I do like like a, if if I suggested going for a walk to someone, they'd be like, "Well, where do you want to go?" And I'd be like, "Well, let's just walk to Seven Eleven, get a Slurpee." Yeah, and then we could just yeah, yeah, walk yeah, that's back how from you there. Do it. Yeah, that's that's my excuse. Used to be, I used to go for walks all the time, but I would like uh, think I'm going to get some gum from mm. where the farthest place I can, <laughs> and I think about where it was, and I'd walk to it, and I'd walk back, and I'd have a pack of gum. That's fine. Yeah, but like the idea of like let's just wander free. Yeah, I'm not a, I don't really bananas. like walking like that. But I, I, I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know. I just think that's fine. You might end up in a ditch. <laughs> you don't know where you're <laughs> you going. Especially just, with a stranger. This is crazy. Well, no, I, I wasn't going to go with a stranger. But for a walk with a stranger. Yeah. Yeah, there was one. Uh, there was one. In, but at in, the end of the walk, you wouldn't be strangers. And then you'd have to kiss. <laughs> that's not a, I don't think it's a required end of a walk thing. Yeah. Is it? Sure. Is that you still yeah, with a you kiss? Yeah, you got to go with a kiss. Okay. Uh, you Fair know. enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't know what the rules of walking are. 
Yeah, um, and then, and then there it was yeah it was surprising the people that would just come by mm-hmm. and like there was oh god I just remember one time uh, this uh, fellow who I know uh, brought his new girlfriend and she just came up and like let's look at this place and just went through all my stuff and looking through everything but there was a guitar there and she went like I love guitars and she started playing guitar she couldn't play guitar very well she started <laughs> singing really loudly and it's like what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I wanted to just turn to him and just going, I know what you're getting out of this, yeah, but I'm not getting any of that out of it. <laughs> but I'm like paying for half of yeah, this yeah. at least now. Well, In fact, gotta, I think I'm picking up most of the check are, right now. You were, uh, yeah. you were getting a full reward as a, you're getting full commendation. A good, a good wingman too. Yeah, that was it. It was wingman. It was wingman work. <laughs> full commendation. And I that. believe that they were married for six months. Oh. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Then he got tired of her singing. I don't know what the situation was, Where's but uh, they are, uh, he is, I know this much, uh, in a, a very happy marriage that he's been in for many, many years, oh, more, than, more than a decade okay. easily now. Okay. So yeah, this yeah. was the middle marriage for him. Okay. The middle one is the second marriage? It was the second one, yeah. Oh, that's, that's too many marriages. How many marriages is enough? <laughs> I don't know, it just feels like too many. Three marriages. The correct answer is one, Dave, it's for, 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 for you as a married man, is yeah, to yeah. say one. Yeah, yeah. It's the amount well, that you're other in people. currently. Oh, for other, other people. people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For me, the answer is one, yes. Okay. So either so two, either two or five. Two it seems yeah, that seems that seems better. And then if it's five, okay, I, you're just having fun and you're going crazy and you can go like full <laughs> yeah. Zsa Zsa Gabor. If it's five, you are very, very wealthy that you can afford to get you can afford to, to marry and unmarry five times, but or four times. But yeah, I think more than two just shows like poor decision making. Like you, you know, you really weren't very careful and didn't you didn't know yourself how many marriages do you think Zsa Zsa Gabor had seven nope <laughs> more than that yep really yep wow he just said it so with so, such authority yep because um, i knew the first one would be wrong you'd never guess the first one okay first <laughs> okay uh so it's more than seven yep okay well i'm gonna go with my second favorite number that comes after seven which is 11 no that's too much what are too you much crazy? now what are you crazy? <laughs> i don't know is it nine yes oh nine times yeah nine times that yeah. seems like too much. Yeah. And also that you're the problem. Yeah, pro- that is you're too the problem. much. You're the problem. Mm. Or you're the solution mm. to something. I, mean, I don't know about that. Maybe a short-term solution. What if you're like guy number eight? What are you thinking this is going to do? Well, like, what do you think? You're you thinking, think, like, the, no, no, no. You think the first argument, no. she is out the door, Jack. Like, <laughs> like, he, like there's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking, though, but you're thinking, I can fix this. Like I, I, I'm the, I'm the solution to this to her problems. There is an, I think there's an Irwin Barker joke uh, that he was talking about going to a wedding of his friend, and it was the guy's fifth wedding. Okay, fifth wedding. Fifth wedding. Okay, and he wrote his, own, he wrote his own vows, and <laughs> okay. the vows uh, uh, started with uh, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all downhill from there. <laughs> Yikes. You know, I know. We know. But look, we're going to give it a we're giving it a shot. Not a good start. Yeah. We have a, we have drop-in guests now at our place, which is the neighborhood kids. Uh, oh, the drop-in kids. They come yeah, they're always they always knock on the door and like can, oh, we, can we come in? Alfalfa. Can we come in? Toad Toady. Is Toady one? Who's the Froggy? No, was his name. No, you're thinking of uh Wind in the Willows? No, I'm thinking of uh the R gang. Oh, oh yes, Froggy, yeah. But, froggy was Froggy was the one who talked like this. <laughs> yes, poor kid. Froggy probably had some issues that Shed did need Well, this one's throat, throat issues, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Froggy was the one who could was buy it? them liquor. 
I must have. Uh, <laughs> he sounded, well, that's clearly their dad. <laughs> he ordered online. He ordered, not online. He ordered yeah. by phone. But you, phone. but you do have you got the drop-in kit. Yeah, we have. A, okay, what happens when Lisa's kids drop in? What happens is our host becomes a noisy mess. That's what happens. Do you get them to vacuum the floors? I do not require any chores of them. Okay, they just come over. I mean, and do you make them a snack? They'll, they'll get. Well, they'll get. They get some apples. They'll get some candy or something. Yeah, they get candy. Yeah. Like, what like, do you mean you get or candy? Like some banana bread. Do you have loose candy around? We have muffins. Wait, or no, I want to know about this loose candy. You go, mm-hmm. the kids drop by your house. What mm-hmm. what kind of candy are they getting? Well, I'm I'm a I'm a gummy person, so they'll get something gummy. You got some gummies? Kick oh around? yeah, okay. always always sitting around. Glass of water with that, or do you get some juice? <laughs> some Sunny D? What do they get? Um, um, the bunch of kids just drop by. What you, it just what depends what's in the house. Okay, they get what they get. What they get. All right. Do they go to the fridge? Open it up. Look inside. No, they don't. So, all right. So, what, what room of the house do they go to when they come by? Living room. Yeah, usually in the living room. They put on, they put on uh, Netflix Kids. Okay, so they put on some. All right. Yeah. Wait, when you're saying kids, all right, we're kids, kids, little. Yeah, kids. they're like they're like uh, grade three. So, are these free range children that are allowed yeah. to roam, roam the neighborhood? I guess. Yeah, their parents don't seem to. <laughs> yeah, they came over for Lisa's birthday as well. Oh, that's nice. They're at the birthday party. Came over for some Chinese food. Okay. Some cake. Well, there's yeah. cake. You're going to get kids. Oh yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, no, it's, it's fun. I like it. I mean, they're more comfortable with Lisa than they are with me because I'm not there that much because I'm right. usually working and stuff. And uh, but so I'll come in, they'll get kind of quiet, but then they get, <laughs> then they get noisy again. So uh, my my appearance only does so much. But yeah, so they'll they're they're just little kids that live in the neighborhood, and it it usually starts with like going for walks with Lisa when she's t- walking the dogs or her dog now. So they'll go with her when she walks Al. Nice, and they'll walk. Down to the field, or they'll go around to the bridge, or whatever. And then, and then, it, then Lisa will be like, they'll, they'll learn that we have horses. And then they're like, oh, we'd like to see those horses. So Lisa's like, oh, okay, well, I'll bring you to see the horses. So she'll start bringing the kids to see the horses. Okay. And then the kids get to ride the horses a little bit. Oh wow! Just like a led around on the back yeah, of yeah. Harris, who's a very good pony. He's, you know, if you want more from him, he'll give you more. But you know, he also knows that little kids don't need more; they need right. less. So he's just very good that way. And uh, yeah, we get, get to do that, and then, then eventually, I guess it. Then they start wanting to come in the house. So you're like, okay, come on in, watch some Netflix kids, and color these coloring books or whatever. Here you go. Does all this get run by the parents first, or how does this go? No. So okay, so <laughs> it's up to them so you, to figure uh, it out. Uh, well, this is my question about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. It's like, so you got the parents, right? Yeah, yeah. And now they look out their window, and all the kids are gone. Yeah. I'm like, well, what you gotta do. Like they like they they're are near free house. range kids though. So I, mean, I get that they're free yeah. range kids, yeah. but uh, okay. So they go into your house mm-hmm. and like the parents have no way of contacting them, and they're just like, I guess <laughs> that's about it. You know, yeah, they're still outside playing, and they don't know. They don't and know all the kids are place. gone. Yeah, the yeah. kids were outside playing, and now they're all gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Said parents from 2022. <laughs> I know it's weird. It's it's weird, right? It is weird, but I mean, I don't want to be mean to the parents, especially one of the girls. Okay, like. There's, it's a troubled family. Sure. There's some stuff going on there. Yeah. And she doesn't need to be there for that. And I'd prefer that she's at our house. Yeah. And out of, out of the way of all that stuff, you know, because it's not good for her. Yeah. It's better for her to be with people that want, want her there. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> hey, it's fine. I mean, I mean, it's not fine, but what can you do, right? It's not our, not our place to judge what's happening. What you can stuff, do is give but... a little safe space for exactly. a little while and, exactly. you know. The block parent thing isn't around anymore, we found out, so I guess <laughs> yeah. that's what it is now. So, 
And Lisa is like the most kindest, loving person, you know, and so she's so open hearted. So, you know, kids just gravitate to that. Do they like that you've got chickens? Oh, yeah, they love the chickens as well. They like, they're, whenever they're over, they always go and uh, check, check to see if they laid an egg. Chicken check? Chicken check, yeah. Which is okay, but they never close the door to the chicken house. So <laughs> I always have to go out after they go and close the, the, the door to the chicken house. But uh, yeah, they're great. They're, they're, no, they're, they're, they're nice kids, though. Like, they're nothing. Was there a house like that when you were a kid in your neighborhood? Mm, well, yeah, I feel like there were families that were more welcoming of kids coming over yeah. than, than our house was. I remember, yeah, I remember there was a grumpy, a grumpy guy across the street and uh, I was friends with his daughter. Uh, didn't like it when we were over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could tell, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's too much noise. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not fun. And it, it like, yeah, or if you had like kids whose uh, parents worked, or, or like one of the parents worked at night, you know, and it's just like, okay, you can come in, but we can't make any noise. Like, what are we gonna do then? Just sit, sit and play church? Like, I was, you know, like, no, come on back outside then. Let's play outside and make noise. You know, I don't want to be in a house where I can be quiet. Blech. But yeah, no, I don't. My friend, my friend that I had when we were very young, like his mom was was very generous and loved having kids there. But we kind of fell up, fell away from each other when we got a little bit older. But yeah, we used to, and I don't know why she had like her basement was full of clothes, like all her clothes that she'd ever like bought in her life. She just kept in like on racks in the basement of this house. And so, but she wasn't precious about them because we wore them. Like we would dress up in all these like women's clothes in the basement and and parade around. And you know we're like little four-year-olds or six, four, four or six-year-old kids and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, you know. My mom and dad, like our house was more, like if you played in our playroom, we had to clean it up when we were done. We weren't allowed to just like walk away and leave Lego all over the floor and games games out and stuff like that. We had to like put everything back in the boxes and put them all back in the toy chest. And it was the world's most dangerous toy chest as well. My dad made it. And it had a, the lid would fall on you <laughs> when you would try to do something the lid would just fall over and hit you in the head. <laughs> it was like a heavy, heavy wood. You know, it was an old fat, like a, you know, it was an old fashioned one. So it was made of actual wood. It wasn't like plywood or something, which would also be heavy, but like an actual wooden lid. And then you'd be like trying to put stuff in it. It would just like clonk you on the head. <laughs> oh. So eventually he put a little hook that you would, you could hook to, to lock it in place. Uh, I guess we complained about that. But yeah. Our toy chest, uh, we were told, whatever you do, don't go inside because you could suffocate. Oh, and so we uh, went inside all the time. Okay. Like, all the time. <laughs> and it was like the tiniest hole that was drilled in it. It was like, oh, we'll be fine. And we just breathe through this air hole. No. It has to be a certain diameter. Otherwise, you don't get enough. You don't get enough air? You don't get enough air. Yeah, well, anyway, we all died. <laughs> Long story short, we all died. Like, make a bigger hole then. What's it matter? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's the aesthetics matter? Like, it was weird that they would make, like, whatever you do. You know, this box was because it was fascinating because the box was death. Like you would die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like it those, wasn't like those fridges. Yeah, it wasn't go in a fridge. Like you knew if you went in a fridge, you're dead. And not just like later, instantly. Yeah. Like, the yeah. second you you step into that fridge, <laughs> dead. You're dead. The it was, end. It was pretty. It was pretty enforced to that concept, yeah. wasn't it? And I had the misfortune as a kid of seeing a show where a kid went into a fridge and died when I was still lived in Coquitlam. So that was before grade six but i was probably like grade three or grade four and saw this show where like they opened the fridge and this little blue child rolled out of it and they're like you were as a kid you're like oh okay <laughs> i get it don't go in the fridge because right. that's no way out of it yeah he died doing what he loved unless you're drinking uh, juice 
Unless you're Indiana Jones, then you can get out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah, then you got to get in the fridge. <laughs> that was such mixed feelings in that movie. It was just like, don't go in a fridge. Well, maybe you go in the fridge. Maybe you go in the fridge. I think like you would almost have, I don't know, you would have bought it if the fridge hadn't gone flying through the air and then smashed into the ground. But uh, here's, here's what I think mm. about Indiana Jones. Yeah. And this theory just came to me now. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. The, there must have been some, okay. So you know there was the uh, the thing where um, he picked the right grail and uh, and mm. you know the other guy drank from the thing. Like yeah, I know yeah. that he didn't drink for the grail, but I think uh, Indy didn't drink for the grail. No, he didn't. Right? Or did he? Did he? Drink I don't for the remember. Grail? I've always, I saw the movie one time. So. Wait, he did drink from the grail. He did. I thought that was part of the the, the challenge. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He did. Okay, fine. Then this all does make fucking sense. <laughs> okay, so so the other guy like uh, drinks from the wrong grail. And turns into um, Christopher uh, Lloyd for a second, and then dies. <laughs> oh, weird! And, uh, Marty, and then uh, the death. <laughs> uh, and then huh. Indiana Jones drinks, and like you chose wisely, you know, mm. his cup of a carpenter. Like okay, now when he gives it to when he gives it to his dad, he pours like I think it on his dad's wounds, yeah. and it heals instantly. Wow. I'm like, well, Indiana Jones just drank from this grail. The other guy, it was instant death. Yeah. Indiana Jones drank from this grail, and we were like, no consequences. Mm. Or are there? <laughs> Which is maybe Indiana Jones is now immortal because okay. he drank from the grail. You know, the other one's uh, death, this one's uh, life. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you can smash him around in a fridge and do whatever you want because, <laughs> you know, he's got holy grail sure. abilities. They should maybe establish that. Well, it makes it less exciting if you know. Okay. And then later on, some go like, Indiana Jones, like, you should not be, because I think he, like, lived to a hundred and some odd years, just like, you should be dead. Okay. So, like, did you do anything in the past? Oh, yeah, that was that time I drank from the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah, the Immortal Grail! That probably did it. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Because it, like, literally healed his dad's wounds, like, yeah, so, like, that fixes all your bits. That maybe, gives you a system reboot. Maybe it doesn't make, give you immortality, maybe it just cured the cancer that he had. Yeah, maybe it cured, like, all the stuff. Yeah, that he had going on in him. So yeah, it gave him like a nice fresh coat on the inside. It's like he had a, like an engine flush. Like yeah, nice engine flush. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. That's good. Could be good for him. I just want to say one last thing about the kids coming over, which is the unfortunate part about them coming over right now is that our house is in such disarray because of my uh, eternal bathroom project, and the downstairs is still in a bit of an uproar because they they rebuilt a cabinet, they rebuilt a bookshelf thing that I had made. Right. But they built they built it wrong. I always want to say when you say like uh, something like that, my eternal bathroom project. I just want to go, eat more fiber. <laughs> Not that project. <laughs> um, but yeah, they built it wrong, so I have to rebuild this thing. Oh, and so that's kind of put a stopper because I just don't have time right now because I'm I'm embroiled in this bathroom thing, wrestling with that, and so um, I just feel bad because yeah, it would be nice if they could like go downstairs and. Yeah. Watch TV down there, and there's lots of room to f- run around and frolic and be a frolic child. and be children. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. I don't know. Is is it weird? Uh, the parents all know that they come over, so like the ki- the parents gonna... know that, that that you know that we've. I'm going to say like this stay. should be one of our questions of the week. Is like, how do you feel about drop bys? Do you <laughs> sure. feel comfrable doing drop bys? Do you feel yes. comfrable having friends drop by? I'd Are love, you the kind I would of love person that can, can just like do a drop by? I would love if friends came by. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'd have to close the door, slam the door in their face momentarily while I run around picking up uh, clothes off the floor. But or that's whatever. very sitcommy. <laughs> whatever is laying around, I don't. We don't really have clothes on the floor. But you know, like we we uh, live cluttered lives. 
you know, I like to read books. I like to, I try not to read more than one book at a time, but it's always, you know, hard because you end up with books piled up, yeah. you know, and then, then I buy more books and then I pile those books on top of sure. books that I was reading and I have books that I haven't started reading yet on top of the books I'm reading and it all, it's all very uh, difficult. It's, it's um, yeah. Um, I, sorry, I was looking at something. Sure, sure. I was going to ask if, um, have you read Ducks, the new Kate Beaton uh, book? Started it, have not gotten okay. into it. I have not yet. I, at least, or not Lisa. Mary lent it to me to okay. read, but I haven't, haven't started yet because I've been reading. I had two more books in the pipeline when she gave it to I me. I think so. Pius tried starting reading it as well, and uh, yeah, and has not gotten through it either. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah it's kind of. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I'm sure it's good. Mary really liked it a lot, but she said she read it and she burst out crying. Oh, reading it, it really affected her. I think because. I wrote to her to ask for more details because she told me this story and now I, I can't remember all the details. She hasn't written back though. But um, she said she watched some other movie or some, some other like media and it really like brought home like this idea of men who have had like their purpose taken out of their lives. Like because like, the people that Kate Beaton's writing about in Ducks are yeah, I'm people, not really, from, I people from Newfoundland. It was her, it was, it was her yeah. on a job. Yeah, but sure. go ahead. Please. But what made it, one reason she was there was because she knew people who were there. That's how she got the job. Because tons of Newfoundlanders who were displaced by the end of the cod fishery left their home island of Newfoundland and moved across the country to work in these really horrible jobs in the Athabasca tar sands. And, and so... It's just an interest. It's so Mary just found it really fascinating as like the sort of social uh, commentary on on men and their what they are required to do by 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 culture. You know this because the idea of toxic masculinity isn't just that men are that way. It's that men are made to be that way by the expectations of the culture. You know, don't complain, work hard. You know, just you have to follow this particular path. You can't right. you can't diverge from that. You know, or else you're not a man. Blah blah blah. And so. Um, yeah, just, she found it really upsetting. I think because there was sort of an accumulation of things that she'd been watching or and reading about, and then she read that, and she just said, I just burst out in tears. <laughs> that was really interesting. It's an interesting reaction to something. So I wrote to her and asked, what were, what were you watching? But she, I guess she's busy today because she hasn't written back. She's she started um, with her uh, schooling. She's now in schools doing stuff. So, so that's kind of interesting. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the next phase, the next phase of her... Uh, the program the uh yeah that's interesting the uh, the idea of you know losing losing your purpose uh, it reminds me of like i had a conversation many years ago uh with a, a local stand-up who was like okay kind of the kind of being groomed to be the successor to uh, brent butt he okay. like took over um uh hosting a lot of the shows brent did when brent went off to do corner gas yeah and uh you know, time had passed since since then, and I was I was saying to him that uh, I was really impressed with stand up in Vancouver. Like the the stand up comedians I was seeing, I was just like, "This is a really good period for stand up." And yeah. he went, "Oh, it used to be so much better." Hmm. I was like, "Oh, when was it? When was that?" And and I kind of knew the period he was talking about. I was like, "No, it wasn't." Yeah. Uh, but what it came down to, I realized afterwards, was that's when he was uh, more relevant. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a tough thing when you feel like you've you've lost your relevance. You know, I think that's the most 
I think that's deadly. I think it's deadly when someone feels they've lost, if not their purpose, then their relevance. And I think it almost feels like that's the point where people start to die. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I think like that's the thing with like a retirement home or whatever. It's just like, well, now you can just relax and kick back and like, well, what do I do? Well, you just relax and just, just uh, do whatever you want. Mm. Like, but what's, what, who needs me right now? You know, somebody without that, how do you get up and what do you do and where's your, where's your drive? And, 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 and when you're saying toxic masculinity, so much of that feels like, uh, the, the greatest fear so many of these guys have is becoming irrelevant. And you do when new people are coming up. First of all, you resent the young people who are coming up because they are definitely your replacement. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, okay, that. So anything that's young and new and, and has a new style is wrong. And then, you know, wait a second. Who got hired instead of me? Oh, this woman? Oh, someone, you know, who's like uh, they got hired because of this qualification or that, that qualification? Well, what, what about me? You know, because without, you know, their purpose and their reason and, you know, you used to be the only game in town. Yeah. Uh, what are you? And it's, it's I think that is just the most terrifying thing in the world. Terrifying to, to people. And, and sad. Saddening. Like even more than death, because death you can like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, it is, it is a form of death. It is, but it's like, de- I mean, death, you can you can die with purpose. You know, the idea of, like, you're on your deathbed, you're surrounded by the loved ones, you yeah. have the rich, full life, you know, <laughs> the person's holding your hand, yeah. you say your last words, you know. And, uh, you it's know, a pretty it's ideal like, death. You're it's a very about. ideal death. <laughs> Not all of us have that. I know. <laughs> but, like, you know, it, it, that's probably best case scenario. Sure, sure. Except, of course, you were the guy who came out case after you. saving the orphans, and you, and you hand the last orphan sure, to the okay. firefighters and go, okay. like, did you get them all? We did because of you, sir. Good stuff. Little cough of uh, smoke. <laughs> then you pass out, and everyone applauds. And yeah, then yeah, the news yeah. uh, covers yeah. here as like greatest that's, hero. That's ever. pretty good too. That's pretty good too. Yeah. So it's it's one of those two. But uh, yeah, the, the the big fear is you know uh, what are you now if you take away you know what you were. But then the other thing is that thing that you were probably is going to change anyway, and that's the thing that's changing. Mm. So you've got to adjust what you are yeah. anyway. And, uh, and yeah, but uh, I, I, whenever, well, I, whenever I see like people online who are so anti all these things, it's just like, yeah, you're scared. They're scared. It's They're not scared just scared. Of being it's, it's interesting. Like this is something that, um, David, our priest brought up in a sermon on Sunday that was very eye opening to me is he was talking about grief and he was saying, you know, like people who are upset about immigration in Canada, like things, you know, yes. What you grew up with, the world you grew up in is different now. It's changed. It's not the same. And those people are hurt by that and saddened by it. And he's, he was talking about how we have to deal with our grief. You know, grief isn't just death. We don't just grieve the loss of people. We grieve the loss of things in our lives. Those things might be the culture you lived in when you were younger. Those things might be the fields that you loved when you were younger. And now they're houses, you know, and you look at them and you, you're mad because all these people have moved into where you live. And this, of course, spoke to me. <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. The idea of, of, yeah, grieving things. So that person, that comedian is grieving the loss of his relevance as a comedian. Right. You know, having to like have a different role. I mean, he still might be a comedian. He's still doing stand-up and stuff like that. But he's not the hottest guy anymore. He's, he's stepped down from that. He's just like one of the middle group of people who are working in Vancouver and doing okay, I assume, making a living at it. 
but he actually not... stopped working to be doing stand-up for the most part to be okay. a cab driver and uh, oh, okay. on the island. Okay, uh, yeah. So he has grieved the loss of his career yeah. as a comedian, and you know you have to reconcile yourself to that. You know, and you have to go through. Yeah, you have to accept that eventually that that is over, and that you you know I have to grieve the loss of my wallet. You know, I had to go through that those stages of anger. Yeah. And, you know, shame and all those things that I felt to come out to where I am now, where not perfect. I still, the other day I was, found myself, my mind slipping back to the incident, you know, and kind of going over it again and not a healthy way. Uh, but overall, I'm over it, you know, like I, yeah. I'm not, I don't blush about it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I know, I don't not want to talk about it to people, right. which I, when I first came back, I, it's not something I wanted to talk about with the trip, you know, because you feel like, oh, it was a great trip, other than this bad thing that happened. But that one thing shouldn't spoil the whole, yeah. the overall goodness of it. And so when you tell the story to people, you're like, I just want to talk about the good stuff. I don't want to, like, put a poison apple in the middle of, of what was really beautiful. And so, uh, but now I can kind of talk about it in a jokey way and... Yeah. and you I don't want to detail. I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to tangent real fast. And I'm coming right sure, back. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so please remember the point you were going to make. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, we uh, we were watching uh, this movie uh, called uh, Zazie dans le Metro. Are you familiar mm, with this yep, film? Yep, okay. Louis, Louis Mont. Yeah, yeah. And so you've seen it. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, we're, we're watching it. It takes place 1960 in Paris. And the first scene, there's a pickpocket that's there at the metro. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, oh, this is the even classic. Then, yeah, even I, then. I know. And I really I really did like the film quite a bit. And I was like, oh, I should tell Dave about this. Oh, right off the top. That's a rough one to go with. Oh, boy. You know, but, you know, I hope this guy no, no, gets, gets yeah. theirs like later on. But it's just like famously, yeah. this is what occurs here. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Okay, so sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. That's funny. I saw that at the Vancouver East Cinema. You remember that's Yeah. That was a long time ago. It's that. a bananas film. Like, it's, it yeah. goes bananas. It was kind of a, like supposed to be like a slapstick, or or not slapstick, but um, screwball comedy. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like no one could quite do a screwball comedy because they're not in the Depression anymore. Like, no one understands, like, the 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 mindset that made screwball comedy well, they so go, great. Oh, yeah. They go through this, like... <laughs> Bugs Bunny-esque chase scene yeah. between like this little girl and a pedophile and she's doing something like handing him bombs and stuff and he's <laughs> yeah, blowing yeah. up yeah. and all this other crazy things happen yeah, yeah. and uh, there's there's uh, there's scenes that take place on the Eiffel Tower that you're just like how are you doing this don't do this that's so dangerous it's crazy and then it you know it gets to the end and you're like well how could you end this well oh that's how you would end this this is just it's just lit, like all the scenery is uh, it's just I don't want to ruin it. Just, if you get a <laughs> it's chance, a very good see film, it. Yeah. yeah, it's a very it's a, good film. Anyway, sorry, Louis Mal. Uh, so, so yeah, when you came back, uh, you had to put that behind you, and yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like I I don't have much more to say about it because I just would be repeating myself. But yeah, just the idea of of like yeah that because when we think about grief, we think about it in terms of like the loss of people in our lives and mm-hmm. stuff like that, not the loss of you know what we what we had in our past, you know how, the culture we grew up in or the the um the the place we grew up in change you know and changing and stuff like that you can that, have grief you know. for a period of time yeah, of course like, as in like a period it's, of time as in like an era yeah as in like and that will ne'er come again mm-hmm. you know it's like and it shouldn't come again <laughs> yeah and you and if you are upset about it if it makes you sad or if it makes you angry and anger is a form of sadness in most mm-hmm. cases uh just misdirected probably but if that if that's a you know you, if that's how you feel about it you shouldn't. You need to like work past that so that you can, you can ex- 
accept it, you know, and, f- yeah. and find that and find a place for it that's that's uh, in a, he- a healthy place. And being angry about something and holding a grudge is not a healthy place. Whether it's to a pickpocket or it's to developers, it's just not a healthy place, you know. So you need to like find. Mm-hmm. Even though we were cursing developers earlier in the show, sure, it's fine to do that. <laughs> the the relevance the relevance thing, I think, uh, comes down to turning your gaze uh, away from yourself. At least that's you know my way of, of going about it. And like, who else needs something right now? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if if your whole thing about like things serving you is uh, is the is the point. You know, because they used to. It's like, yeah, you used to be the focus of things. Yeah. You were the young person who was up and coming, and your parents served you. And then maybe other people saw you as like the new up and coming thing. And so it was like, ah, you're the next thing. Good to see you. And it's like, but then other next things are coming along. Yeah. So, you know, you got to go, uh, all right, well, what's now? Okay. Look around. What can I do to help? How can I, how can you be of service? You know, how can you be of use? What can you do? Yeah. And it's, it's probably not the exact same things that you used to do. Sure. And uh, that's, that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. You know, it's, uh, it's beyond fine because, you know, there's a, if, if you do kind of embrace what's going on around you, there's a lot of new, exciting things going on. And, and in many ways, it, it is kind of better, you know, a lot of times than, you know, the times from the past. But, you know, just but the times I don't the know, past, better, but different, I guess, is the probably way to put it. I think it, I think in general, things do get better, though, because like if you're just going with like, you know, art, the art that you liked in the past still exists. Mm-hmm. So that's everything is is a yeah, plus. They're not, they're not making it anymore. What's that? They're not making that art anymore. No, but it exists already. You'll get none, no more of that art. You shouldn't because it already exists. <laughs> And for, and uh, it would just be like a duplicate of what's, mm. you know, it's just now a point of like, do you like the new stuff? Do you not like the new stuff? But there's still an infinite amount of art that you like that's out there that's still that's mm-hmm. still there. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, you change your perspective a little bit to embrace, you know, some of the new things or not. But so many people are just like, just think, take it as a fence and like take it as like an, an insult to them. You know the new the new things that they don't they they don't like. It's just so it's just so strange. You know, can you not see that you're like who was what you're doing? There were people doing that back in the day, and you, you used to make fun of them, and now you're that. Mm-hmm. Do you not see that? Mm. It's like no 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 no. It's <laughs> the people now that are wrong. It's like no, well maybe they are, but then that's you know whatever's new is always wrong. I, I guess I'm I guess I'm lucky because I just feel like an imposter all the time. So. I don't really. I'm not really married to my former self because uh, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what he was talking about anyway. <laughs> but I think like if your if your daughters told you something we really like, you should listen to it. You'd listen to it, mm-hmm. you know, or something you should watch. Mm-hmm. You'd watch it. Yeah, that's why I went and saw Woman King because Mary said, "I love this movie. You should come and see it." So we did. Yeah, and whether you like it or whether you don't, yeah. At least you've got a relationship going, which means the next thing they will probably say, come and see this as well. And then you'll, you know, and there'll be something mm-hmm. that you'll like, regardless of, you of course. know. But I did, like, I did enjoy it. I wasn't, it wasn't a movie that I was planning on seeing, but because Mary liked it so much. I'm just trying to imagine saying that to my dad and just going like, oh, know, yeah, here's a film that I, I really liked. And it was like, ugh, you know, it's just like, you're just, you're just up against it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the weirdest thing my dad ever did in my whole life. I don't understand it. I still don't understand what motivated him 
was taking my brother and I, not my youngest brother, but my middle brother and I, to see The Shining in the theater. Like, the movie came out, and he's like, do you guys want to go see The Shining? Which I just read the book, so I was like, fuck yeah. I have said that right to his face. Fuck yeah. And I said, it's in context <laughs> that... No, no, I didn't say that. But I said, yeah, of course. And he's like, like, oh, let's go. So we went to Guilford Mall, and we watched The, watched the Shining there. I have no idea why my dad wanted to see that film. Mm. Like, he never... He never said things like, you know what's a really great film? A Clockwork Orange. That's a, that's a masterpiece. You know, Barry Lyndon, you know, he got special lenses for that film that could film in candlelight. <laughs> like, he never said anything about Kubrick the whole yeah, time yeah, I was yeah. growing up. Like, there's, and my dad wasn't like a movie fan to my, to my way of thinking. He wasn't like a, a movie guy. Like, had he seen it before and he wanted you to share no, it? No, with no, no. It, it was just, okay, just opened up. Like, this was grade eight, like in 1980 when it came wow. out. And my brother was a year younger, so he would have been grade seven. And my dad took us to... Uh, yeah, the idea of my uh, dad taking us to a movie that wasn't like, you know... Gus. Superman 2 <laughs> yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It would be... Uh, oh, my dad would never, take, would never take me to see a Superman movie either. One of the biggest scandals in our house was... Uh, I think my sister was 14. And, uh, and uh, I told them, um, uh, you should see A Fish Called Wanda. Mm. It's really good. It's a good movie. And, uh, and so, you know, I, my dad went with my, uh, my sister... My mom and my grandmother to see it. Okay. Well, huh? Biggest scandal in the world because there was like sexy scenes in it. <gasps> oh dear. And and Jimmy the Curtis and they were, sexy. And they were furious with me. Really? They were so red hot, fucking angry with me <laughs> because they because my mom, my grandmother, and my sister had to go to another theater and just watch whatever fucking movie was playing there. There was some PG G rated fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. And my dad stuck around and watched the movie. And, you know, and kind of begrudgingly said there were some funny scenes. Like, he, he, he liked the Michael Palin scenes. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, well, fuck off. You know, <laughs> honestly, fuck off. Like, I know, like, my, my grandmother was who I used to watch Monty Python with. Yeah, yeah. Right? She and my grandfather kind of introduced me to Python. And I could watch the, the, those things. So I knew, like, she'd like this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it took place in England. I know she'd like that kind of thing. But, yeah, it was just this outrage of just like, oh. <gasps> That's all. This fourteen-year-old girl could watch these things. It's just like you know what? Just it's nothing. It's yeah. nothing. Yeah. There's no nudity. Yeah. There's no actual sex scenes. There's just like some implications of things. Yeah. Things but, happened. Yeah. Things things had happened, or they're discussing them, maybe about to happen. Yeah. But then the rest of it is just this, you know, hilarious crazy Kevin Klein and yeah, and hilarious uh, 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 film. And... Yeah, but that was like for years. That was like brought up as like, and then Ian sent us to see this movie. <laughs> well, I I mean, I didn't send you to see Behind the Green Door. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! You guys should see so, the devil in Miss Jones. So that was the end of uh, you know me recommending you know fuck all to the family. Mm, mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I would never dare to to try to. Like, yeah, my parents are not. They're not like cultural people. Like that's they're not they're not that way at all. Like they like my dad spends all day all day literally all day when he's not like puttering around watching golf on television. That's what he watches. He doesn't like put on TV shows or watch old sitcoms or anything. He just watches golf, like the most boring, dull thing you could possibly ever do. That's what my dad does. Yeah. It, to me, it's inexplicable. It's like, honestly, you could play golf. <laughs> he can't, they, my parents can't, they're just too old to play golf now. Okay. In a way that's, they could play golf, but their, their expectations uh, of their abilities. Okay. They, you know, but they used to play golf. They used to play golf, yeah. All right. Quite a bit. But uh, I don't know if my dad still plays golf, but. My mom said she can't 
play anymore just because it's just too embarrassing to okay. play because she's just not nowhere near like this the physical not physically able to play the game anymore you know how like people well you don't she's almost she's close to 90 right like, okay well not 90 but I just aged her too much. Yeah, gonna kill me. that's funny. But she's well, in her she's in her early eighties. She doesn't listen to this, and she's, she won't. She won't. She's in her early eighties. I guess I should. But say. like uh, you know how people now they will watch TV and also be online at the same time because they want to have something in the background while they're doing other things. <laughs> it feels like that's what golf is. It's like you want to just like have a little comforting well, noise yeah. that you don't have to pay that much attention to. Yeah, and then and like your thoughts can wander, and you can maybe do a crossword puzzle, or you can do something else. And then look back up and like, oh yeah, and it's like, well, I think you know they play, they've played it, they played it, they played it their whole lives, and so I think they can watch players play. Boy, we're talking about golf again. Players play and enjoy the skill that it takes to play it. I can see Someone that does because golf's on all the time. Well, it's fucking. All, I mean, they have, they have it's, it has its own channel. Yeah, there's a golf channel that my parents watch golf. And, all and day. here's the funny thing: there are there's infinite other shows that could be on that yeah, channel, yeah. right? <laughs> like. Jesus Christ. Like, there's infinite shows. And, on that and channel or on that television? Anything. Oh. Both. Both. <laughs> there's no reason this should be a golf channel. Oh, I see. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, we have infinite entertainment that's out there, yeah. and it's still like, you know what? Golf. And oh. people watch it. Yeah. Enough to make a channel make sense. <laughs> and people are getting rich on this golf channel. Yeah, it's beyond it's beyond me, but yeah. So, it just doesn't... It's just weird. And like my dad was like... And also, uh, the movie is was restricted. I think The Shining. So you would have had to like sign, like sign, like sure. I am their legal guardian, and I agree that they can see this movie. And uh, it's just odd. It's just odd to me. I mean, well, that was like my dad. Where we, once he came up to me and went like, "You should read The Hobbit. Mm. You'd like The Hobbit." And then he got out The Hobbit and gave me The Hobbit. And was yeah. Like, oh, well, sure. we don't have like it was literally like we don't have this relationship, like. <laughs> My dad coming to me is like, I'm in trouble, <laughs> or you're, we gotta move. Yeah, you're gonna tell me we have to move. Yeah, or you know something, something along those lines. Yeah, you know, just like uh, you know, go to bed, some some shit. Yeah, uh, but it, like he wouldn't come in to go like, you want to hear a joke? Mm. Like he'd never do that, and he definitely wouldn't come in and recommend a book and like hand a book <laughs> to me. But he did, and I was like, okay, and I tried to read a bit of it, and I was like, mm, no. Put it down, and I regret that because maybe we could have talked about that, and I feel yeah. bad about that shit yeah. now. But and also, like, it's it, really boring for the first it, bit. It, that's fine. You have to get to certain. I page assumed number. it was boring. It was recommended by my dad. <laughs> no, once you get past that opening part, it gets really good. Yeah, he didn't sell it you to have me to by work. anything of just like, yeah, yeah. Hey, guess what's in no, this? No. There's dragons, yeah, and there's yeah. treasure, and there's a magic ring. No, like sell it to me that way, yeah, Jack. Yeah. You know, I like <laughs> comics. Like, hey, you like comics? Yeah, I like comics. Well, hey. You know, you like the Green Lantern. There's another magic ring that you might enjoy. It's uh, this, 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 this. Yeah, yeah. You know, you like the Invisible Girl. Well, this turns you invisible as well. <laughs> like, there's ways of getting into it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, just coming in with a book recommendation out of the blue, this isn't <laughs> us, man. What's what's this no, about? You're right. You're right. I mean, both my parents, like, neither of them. Uh, it's weird. Like, I had, a, I had a, an aunt who, because of the weirdness of our family, is not super older than I am. Like, she was maybe 10 years older than I was as a... When I was a teenager. Okay. And we used to talk about Stephen King when I was like reading Stephen King in sure. junior high school, you know, because I could talk to her about it because she had read Stephen King. Whereas my parents, that was not something I could talk about. This is, although besides my dad bizarrely taking us to see The Shining, is because that's just weird, right? Like if that and it's because he knew Stephen King hated it. I'm like, what's that? Stephen <laughs> King hates this? I'm taking the boys. 
Because I don't like Stephen King and I want to shove it in his face. That wasn't immediately apparent that his, he hated that movie. He didn't hate it right away. That was an accumulation of, of time. But You know what might have, might have helped him like it a bit more, Stephen King? Yeah, Is that. it making him rich? Because like that that movie sold a lot of books for him. Oh, yeah. 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 That pushed a lot of books. So, yeah, yeah. you know, as, as much as something that you go, I don't like it. <laughs> but, but, you, but yeah. you know, here's a house. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest directors of all time made a movie out of one of your books. With one of the greatest actors of all time. <laughs> one of the two of the great, well, two great actors. Well, a bunch of great actors in yeah. it, but yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a yeah. bunch of great actors. Yeah. Yeah, you had the guy who's the voice of uh, Jazz the Transformer in that. <laughs> How about that? Pretty good. Also in, a, also in Love Boat. Oh, yeah. Well, Doing we the don't even boat. have to mention Love Boat. Doing the also, boat. he was Sam in the TV adaptation of uh, Casablanca. And Casablanca's a classic. <laughs> Him and David Soule. You must uh, kick a Nazi this. ass. Yeah. Boy, howdy, if that show had gone more this season. <laughs> um, yeah, he, uh, this is weird to me. I don't know. I don't, I should have asked him one time. Well, he probably has forgotten now. He, he'd be like, did I? No, that is a good one. That's a, that's a good uh, son question to ask dad. <laughs> yeah, we'll ask him. Cause it's a, cause it's a positive memory, right? So it's not like, sure. yeah, it's not like a memory. I wish not, we'd done that more often. Right, 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 right. So, so that's a good question to ask a dad. Yeah. Like a dad. You know, hey, remember this time you were really cool and you did this cool yeah. thing? That's a question a dad likes. Sure. That's fine. I wish you'd been just a little bit more cooler and taken me to see Alien. Yeah, don't bring that up. <laughs> don't. No follow-up questions. They wouldn't let me see Alien Yeah. in grade eight. I so wanted to see that movie. I ended up reading the uh, novelization before I saw the movie. Just because I was so so curious about it, so fascinated by it. There's a chest-bursting scene? Like, this sounds crazy. I've got to see this movie. No, mm-hmm. you can't see that movie. That was, yeah. I'll figure it out. I should have, uh, if I had been smarter, I would have. I should have done what I did for Life of Brian, which I couldn't see that movie either. I had to uh, get two people to sign me in. Uh, there was like just asked to ra- like I a guess. random random couple that were standing in line if they would sign my friend and I in as legal guardians. The movie that gets you to uh, talk to strangers. And they're like, sure, because they're just like a, couple, a hip couple, like yeah, they're young cool. couple. They're cool. Um, uh, so would you have? Okay, so how old were you at the time when Alien was uh, out? I was in grade eight, so grade eight. thirteen, okay. I guess. Around okay. There. So if the girls, when they were in that age, had yeah. asked you to ask, "Can we see Alien?" Uh, would you let them see Alien? Oh, of course. I don't. That's not an of course. Yeah, that's a that's an of course. Okay, it's a good movie. Okay, you should see it. Yeah, you should but see. But your good dad movies. didn't know it was a good movie. Um, your dad just knew yeah. that it was an intense sci-fi horror movie. He didn't know it was a good movie. He had no taste. He put down Star Wars as well when he saw the commercial for it. Right. I like turned to him and I said, "This will be the greatest movie of all time." Because pretty much what I turned yeah, around yeah. and said, like I was so excited by it, and my dad was like, "Oh, this is a bunch of junk." And I'm going to love this movie until Andor comes out, and then I'm not going <laughs> to see that, and then I'm going to have a bunch of people on so, my podcast still haven't watched tell Andor, me to go sorry. see that, <laughs> and, uh, that. and uh, your dad would go, "What's a podcast?" <laughs> I was like, "You'll find what's out." A, what's an Andor? Because uh, I live in the future, and then he goes, "Wasn't that Star Wars set in the past?" Shut up! And then slammed the door. We did as a family go to see Star Wars. Yeah, that was my second viewing of it. In did theater. your dad like Star Wars? No, yeah, boy. no, because they just weren't. My parents weren't made to enjoy things. That's not how they were. In the, like in that way, I don't know. It's, just, it's you know, I guess my dad liked singing and like it's singing. Like Star Wars covered a lot of bases, though. Like, yeah. Real, real basic bases. That I know. It's just like, like as a kid, didn't you go see like the Adventures of Robin Hood with yeah. Errol Flynn? Probably not, because that's a little bit too too old for my dad. But you know what I mean, like the equivalent of that. 
the 1950s equivalent of that, that you went and saw that kind of movie. This sort of, this is like exactly like those movies, only it has like laser beams in it. But other than the laser beams and the, and the robots, it is exactly like those kind of movies. It's a World War II flying aces movie. It's right. a, it's a, you know, it's a sword and sorcery. I was thinking or the other day, you know, sandal yeah, sort of movie. It's Ben Hur. It's yeah, like yeah. Cleopatra. It's yeah. Ten Commandments. I was thinking the other day, what if like Star Wars had come out earlier and was one of those traveling movies that was like uh, would just go from town. Oh to yeah, that's so have an on like, track. Gone with the, Gone with the Wind. Yeah, have, have an overture. A, have an overture. <laughs> have an intermission. Sure, sure. You know, and uh, you you couldn't go and see it like every day. Yeah, it yeah. Wouldn't like last in the theater. Yeah. For years. Uh, it would be like, you got to watch it. Now it's gone. Mm. It's going to go around the country. But is that how Gone with the Wind was originally released as a, I guess it was supposed to be like a I think tr- so, special yeah. Touring. It was an event uh, yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an event movie. Yeah. So you, you got to go see it. Cause was it's Wizard of Oz town for a while. the same? I don't think so. Well, that's a good question. Is there an intermission in Wizard of Oz? No, I don't think so. No. Not in the versions that I've seen anyway. How about Sound of Music? I feel like Sound of Music was. A traveling film. I don't think so. I think it was just a regular. Really? See the theater movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just I think of uh, them uh, that way because you know they were they were movies that would show once a year. Yeah. You know on television and uh, you know were a big deal. Much like you know Ten Commandments or you know any any of those. Yeah. Uh, t- or Gone with the Wind. Well, Gone with and Gone with the Wind is such a weird movie to be that sort of like because it's so completely unpleasant. Mm-hmm. It's such a unpleasant film like it's weird that it's like my mom loves it though my mom absolutely it's got a tragic romance in it but they're the the reason it's tragic is because those two people are tragic yeah they're like walking tragedies yeah people like jerks people do like watching movies about jerks you know they're interesting they're interesting and apparently they never watched their daughter ride a horse before because that was just an accident waiting to happen (laughs) like she just looked like a rag doll tied to a saddle yeah, and she's not the only one who dies falling off a horse either. There's like two. Is Ashley? Does it happen to Ashley? Well, as well? It happens to someone else, okay. I think. Yeah, I, we're just like I don't again. Remember. Well, <laughs> I don't remember. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, and you just want to picture like some horses in the audience going, "Come on, <laughs> we can take it once, right?" You know, we should have seen Ben Hur, and then someone behind the horse behind goes, "You shouldn't see Ben Hur. You should not see Ben Hur. Don't see it." A lot of horses get hurt in Ben Hur. Like, okay. Horses don't like Ben Hur. And then Usher goes, uh, "Sir, are you a horse?" <laughs> what? No, I'm really enjoying this. Uh, what am I eating? Popcorn. Popcorn. That looks like a bowl of hay uh, in a hay in a bucket, sir. What? <laughs> Buttered hay. Yeah. And then the guy next to him goes like, "Oh my God, a talking horse!" It's like you stay in your joke, sir. Stay in your joke. <laughs> It's good. Yeah. Later that night, horse walks into a bar. Bartender goes, why the long face? Suck on with the wind. That is a depressing fucking film. Anyway, give me a bucket full of hay. What's this? Popcorn. It's a weird, it's a weird, I don't know. It's a weird film. It's kind of the same with The General, the Buster Keaton film, which I really like. But it's weird because the hero of the movie is like a confederate, or is a southerner. He's not a, a soldier. He's not allowed to be a soldier because he's a, uh, train engineer so he's like a vital has a vital job but it's just weird like the same with gone with the wind like it's just weird that you're celebrating this cor- kind of corrupt culture not you know not the north was the greatest place in the world either but you know what i mean like 
This is weird. Historically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one in side has definitely come out on top. In retrospect, it seems like a weird thing to celebrate. But even in 1939, it's a weird thing to celebrate to me, or 1940, whenever it came out. Yeah, now I'm trying to look at uh, uh, movies that were traveling movies. Here's how you do it. Mm. Is go movies with an intermission. <laughs> that's how you. Uh, that's how you. That's how you get them. Uh, Once upon a time in America. Oh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Though not. That's really not really an intermission. I mean, Hello Dolly. Spartacus. I was thinking Hello Dolly. Oh, Spartacus was okay. Yeah. yeah. How the West was won. Oh yeah, it's interminable. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Uh, El Cid. Um, <laughs> Follow the Roman Empire. Oh, and those magnificent men in their flying machines. Oh boy, yeah, one of those movies. They're not they're, not very many. That's not that's not very many. You need more than that. Was uh, Lawrence of Arabia? Yes. Did they have for sure? For sure, that must have had. Uh, Maybe okay. Not. Here we go. Maybe Films with an overture, intermission, or exit music. Here we go. Now okay. we're all okay. now we're all talking. All right. Okay. So uh, Gone with the Wind. Yep. Yep. Fantasia. Okay. Yeah, Fantasia's got one. But of I don't those. know. If, I don't know. If, I don't think it was a Touring. Maybe it was. I don't, I don't know. But it's got an overture and it's got like an intermission. Apparently, overture. They say. Okay, these are films with an overture, intermission, or exit music. Yeah. Uh, Dial M for Murder. Okay. Around the World in Eighty Days. I could see that being like a like kind of a big deal movie that when it came to town, everyone made a fuss. Uh, Seven Samurai. Well, that's a very long film, but I don't think it. It wasn't a touring movie. Okay. It's like uh, three. It's over three hours though. A Star Is Born. 54. Okay. Yeah. Uh, East of Eden, Ten Commandments, Ben Hur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Giant. This long. I haven't seen Giant. Spartacus. It's a, good, it's a good movie. West Side Story. James Dean is great in that movie, by the way. Oh, one of your favorites. Uh, Mad, 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 Mad World. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, uh, Dr. Zivago. Uh, all right. For sure. David, all David Lean movies. <laughs> They're all long. My Fair Lady. Bridge River Kwai. Um, uh, My Fair Lady. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Sound of Music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, mm. Oliver, yeah. Funny Girl, okay. uh, Goodbye Mr. Chips, uh, Had All Dolly, we've already said, yeah. uh, Patton. Oh, okay. I got more. Are you ready? Okay. Here comes more. Do you know who directed Patton? Uh, no. Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, is that right? Isn't that weird? That is weird. I'm pretty sure now that I've said it, I'm suffering from a, a crisis of confidence in my... But anyway. Oh, yeah, we can look that up later. Yeah, that's fine. I'll yeah, just, we're looking I stand up. by that. Fiddler on the Roof. Barry uh, Norman Linden. Jewison. Uh, Barry Lyndon. Stanley Kubrick. There you are. You know, uh, he had a special lens made just to... <laughs> he, well, he got NASA lenses. They were able to shoot him with candlelight. Okay. Torah, Torah, Torah. Changed movies forever. All right. Because, you know, before that time, there'd be like a movie. and people, It would be nighttime, and then people would have shadows. Be like, what's going on? Because you didn't know about day for night shooting. Uh, but yeah, that changed after that. I would like to see a scene in a uh, Mel Brooks-style movie. Where uh, a vampire is like about to attack someone, yeah, and the guy goes, "Oh, you can't attack me." Yeah, like why? Well, you know, shooting day for night. Uh, we're shooting day for night. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, oh, let's get out of there. Uh, the movie Nope shoots day for night. Oh, do they? Yeah, you can see the shadows and like. There's a scene where um, uh, the brother is uh, outdoors and his his uh, baseball cap is showing throwing shadows on his face. Oh, okay, that's great. Like, oh, that's it makes it creepier. Day for night. All right, so. How much did you want to wager that Francis Ford Coppola was the director of... Uh, I'm going to bet $20. $20? Yeah. I just made $20. Oh, really? Wasn't him? No, but he was the... I uh, wrote the screenplay. Oh, that's what his connection to it was. Yeah, it was Franklin uh, J. Uh, Schaffner. 
Okay. Is the uh, is the director? Oh darn it! Who's the co-star of of Patton? Yeah. I don't. I I saw the movie a long time ago. Let me think now. Is it a guy or a girl? It a is a uh, it is a man. I will give you this clue. Wait, I'm just gonna guess Robert Duvall. Nope. Okay. I will give you this clue. Okay. He was a co-star. Sure. With, of, with Patton. No, <laughs> no, and Patton. Yeah, it was a, he was a co-star of this movie. <laughs> he was a co-star with Michael Douglas. Okay. So Carl Malden? Yes. Oh. And so he must have played another general in the... Maybe it was Omar Bradley or something. This is a good, good one. Yeah, it's Omar Bradley. <laughs> there we go. Well done, you. Thank you. Yeah, you... Ha- no, you've redeemed yourself. Good for you. Yeah. I knew that Coppola had a connection to Patton, and I, I guess I should have realized it was screenplay. No, that's absolutely fine. His dude. first film he directed was The Rain People with Robert Duvall. And that's why, that's why I just made that guess that Robert Duvall. Yeah, I'm just looking here uh, what, his, uh, what his first film was. Coppola? Yeah. The Rain People. Was it? Was it the I'm Rain pretty people? sure, yeah. Uh, was that uh, before or after uh, Dementia 13? Oh, well, yes. Uh, let's, uh, let's not count that one because that was just kind of like a, a quickie. Uh, a, a nothing quickie that because um roger corman had some sets that had been constructed for another movie and so he made uh francis for coppola make a film using those same sets so they wouldn't be wasting there's them. two other movies in between uh rain people and really Dementia 13 yeah. oh my gosh well then uh, what do i know 1966 yeah you're a big boy now oh okay and uh finian's uh, rainbow oh i forgot about that okay f- forget what i said yeah yeah finian's rainbow is an actual movie yeah yeah an actual movie a musical. It's true. Name any movie he made in the eighties. Go. Tur- uh, Tucker. Nope. Rumblefish. Yes. Tucker is a movie he made with with uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges. Was that in the eighties? Tucker, a man and his blah blah. blah. Uh, maybe the nineties one. I don't know. And then uh, Rumblefish, uh, The Outsiders. Uh, then he made. Well, you got you got me interested in this one. Let me see. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Was it the eighties? Yeah, it probably was. You're right. Yeah, what the fuck? That one was wasn't listed. Yeah, you're right, eighty eight. Um, Why is that not listed here? Is it is one from the heart? Must be eighty as well because yeah, that's, you're right. Yeah, one for the heart. Rumblefish, you got that. The outsiders. Outsiders, good. You got uh, you got three more to uh, three more. Yeah, well, two did he do full length and one short? Okay, so he did that. Okay, yeah, so he did that that one New York Stories. I think that's it was called. Right, yeah, which is a terrible entry into that. Uh, I think only um, Woody Allen's one was was good in that one. That was a great with Betty Boop. Betty Boop with the woman who played Betty Boop was his mom. Was oh, okay, scared. okay. And yeah. Julie Kavner was in it as well. That sounds about right. Okay, um, so we got uh, we need two more '80s movies with the. Uh, we need two. <laughs> okay, uh, let me just think. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Because The Godfather Three was '90s, so uh, Tucker was one of them. Like a play? Uh, was it? Was it an adaptation of a play? Oh, that's a good like question. Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean or something like that. Um, no, or, I don't think get, so. Maybe mix him up with Altman, who did like True West and. Uh, okay. Um, it was nom- All right, one of them was nominated for several awards, including the Golden Globes for Best Director, really? Best Picture. Oh uh, man! Yeah, it failed. Miserably oh, oh, I know. Uh, when Peggy Sue got married. Okay, there we go. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, but and there's also one more. Yeah, there's this one that I'm talking about from '84. '84. Oh, it only earned uh, twenty-five million dollars on a forty-seven million dollar. Uh, investment. It was uh, invested uh, privately yeah. by the brothers uh, Fred and Ed uh, Dumani. Huh. Uh, they, they lost a lot of money on this one. Involves music. Another musical. No, not a musical, oh, not but a musical. it involves music. I should know. It was this. produced by Robert Evans. Oh yeah. 
And was it a flop? You bet it was. <laughs> do people still love it? Oh, you of, oh no. bet they do. Because, you know, the reason it was a flop is because they cut out all the scenes with black people in it. Mm. Uh, Robert Evans' insistence, uh, The Cotton Club. Yeah, there you It's go. a very good film. Uh, on Amazon Prime, they have the... Um, they have his re- re-edit of it where he added in all the scenes that where he was made to cut out. And it is a much better film. Like, well worth watching if, if you haven't seen it. Or if, even if you see it, saw it a long time ago, you should watch the uh, re-edit. Yeah, in 1984, he also directed an episode of Fairy Tale Theater for mm. Shelley Duvall. Yeah, yeah. And, see if you can guess this one. Okay. A 17-minute... Oh, Captain EO. Boom! <laughs> Got it. Right. Well done, you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Good. Oh, that was pretty good. I did pretty good there. I just, you did just do forgot. very good. Good for you. Forgot about uh, that one. Aside movie. from The Godfathers, can you name, and Patton, can yeah. you name another 1970s movie? The Conversation. The Conversation for sure. Apocalypse yeah. Now. And? One, one more? more? One more in the 70s? Yep. Based on a novel. You said what's it? Sorry? Based on a novel. That he directed? He directed it, yeah, and it was based on a novel. Uh... Let me make sure that he directed it. <laughs> He did not direct it. I'm oh, okay, lying. Okay, I was Jack was... Clayton directed it. He only did the screenplay for The Great Gatsby. Oh, he did the screenplay for that. Yeah. Oh, that's a very bad adaptation of With The Great Robert Gatsby. With Robert Redford and Mia Farrow. Very staid and very dull, that film. And Sam Watterson. It took, Before uh... the eyebrows grew out. <laughs> it took uh, Baz Luhrmann to make that movie a great movie. A great book into In a great movie. In 3D. Well, that's why you have to have the... the... The toast from uh, Leonardo DiCaprio toasting you with his champagne glass. I never saw it in 3D. I, uh, I wouldn't think you would. I'm not a huge fan of 3D. but I watched... Um, uh, Except with, for I Dread. With no, with no spoilers whatsoever. I watched uh, Wakanda Forever uh, yesterday just because I, I was like, oh, I just need to see something. <laughs> yeah. So we went to see... And the only screening we could see had 3D glasses. Oh. It, it was one of two things. Oh. We either had to go with regular seats, which would not have been... Good. Yeah, yeah. Or 3D glasses, yeah. but you get the recliner. Yeah. So we wore the 3D glasses. Oh my God, the film was like, you could barely see so much. Like, there's so much, like, underwater. It's like, I'm sure this is beautiful and I'll really enjoy it on <laughs> Disney Plus, but holy moly, uh, this is uh, hard to see through these 3D glasses. The one thing that looked very good in the 3D glasses was the trailer for Avatar, though I am not wanting to see I've that. I've never seen Avatar. Oh, that's fine. But, but, uh, like they had the trailers for, you know, the new Ant Man movie and a whole mm, bunch of other okay, stuff. Sure. And then the trailer for Avatar came on and it was like, boing! Holy <laughs> cow, these 3D glasses were great with this. And I can see everything super crisp. And I'm like, oh, well, this is a flaw in everyone else's thing because yeah. this actually works. But you, you're making your films wrong and too dark. And uh, <laughs> this is, this, oh, now I'm mad now that I know like one thing works well. well I mean, and it's a movie I don't want to see. Here's the difference though, between Avatar and uh, Wakanda Forever, which is that Wakanda Forever was not filmed in 3D. It was 3D converted after. Yeah. But... And so, yeah, and it's not as much fun. Like when we saw it, which, which to me is one of the like ultimate 3D films, which was the r- dread in the theaters. Yeah. It was designed, like, it was only shown in 3D in theaters. It, it was not available in any, any other way, which probably to its detriment, probably one of the reasons why it was a bit of a flopperoo, because right. it's a very good film. Uh, but when we saw it, we saw it in 3D, and the 3D was awesome. Like, the slow-mo se- sequences in it in 3D were just, like, it was designed for it. Like, they planned those scenes to be in 3D. Like, they planned people falling through glass and the glass yeah. floating in front of your face in slow motion. They planned all that. When you go to see, like, like David, uh, David wanted to go see 
Doc, uh, the Multiverse of Ma- Madness in th- in 3D. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, well, I'll go see it with you. Although I thought the movie was fine, but whatever, we'll go see it. Nothing, nothing, like no reason to no see reason. it in 3D because it wasn't made by the director to be shown in 3D. Like when Sam Raimi was like planning it or whoever planned those things, because of course he, another project he came on, well, it was already in mid-development, yeah. kind of like... Uh, you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> not at all everything fits together like a, a like glove. a glove yeah yeah um so when he glove designed by a four-fingered man <laughs> but when he when he came and joined it he didn't wasn't thinking 3d like he wasn't planning stuff in 3d he wasn't think like oh sam raimi's doing a 3d movie yeah that's interesting gonna be cool yeah because he like, loves oh, camera the guy from evil dead yeah holy cow yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna really get a lot of stuff coming at us in our face yeah 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 here it goes yeah no like a movie that would have been great in 3d would as dark man like all those special effects and all like the. It felt like it was. It felt like it's right. It should. It almost feels like it is. There's so much going into people's eyes in <laughs> Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. You're always going into eyes. I'm like, okay, this. Yeah, yeah. This should work a lot better 3D wise. Yeah. No but, uh With Dread, though, I mean, of course it didn't do great. You're American. Who's Dread? Yeah. The only the only Judge Dread you've ever seen was Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And Rob Snyder, uh, doing their thing. I'm like, ugh. They made another one of those. Why? Why? It would be like if, like, they made a really good version of Demolition Man. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I'm good. I saw Demolition Man. No, 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 no. This is more true to the actual, you know, uh, comic book. What comic book? I don't know. Who yeah. Dread is what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, he's this fascist comp. <laughs> well, why do I want to see that? Because it's really. Am good. I rooting for him? Yes. What? Who am I rooting for? Against your better, because the people who he's fighting are worse than him. That's what makes it. Uh... Yeah. What's it, one interesting thing? What we that I learned, or we learned when we were on our trip to Europe, was that there were people who worked on Dread early on in its development that left that movie and went and made the Raid Redemption. So they took mm, they took yeah. the building plot with them and they took it and made and made a movie that came out just a little bit before Dread came out and the, of course the Raid. I think improperly because I don't think it's as good as people say it is. The second one is a much better film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of people made a big fuss about that movie, and and so it kind of took away some of the shine from Dread as well. So I think there was a few things that kind of worked against it, not just not just yeah character. Yeah, I don't understand why there isn't a Dread TV show now. Like mm. I just don't understand it. It's like, yeah, you got Carl Urban who's like down with doing it. <laughs> totally cool with it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's totally cool with doing it. I mean, he's doing the boys right now, so he's kind of tied up in his own. Right, but he show. wasn't doing the boys. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for a lot a, a long period of time. Sure, and you know, he's he's always like you know uh, you know popular enough to you know make a TV show happen. And it's like, why, why not? Like, just, just fucking do it. You know, there's all these shows that look like Judge Dredd Light that are set in these, you know, futuristic sci-fi worlds. It's yeah. just like, just do the. Are the rights too expensive? Why aren't you? It makes no sense I guess, to me. I guess it's sort of tainted by the failure of the film. But it's a TV show. It's a different beast. I know it is, but still, it kind of carries that uh, people are like, well, there's no point pouring a bunch of money into develop because it still costs money to develop yeah. a TV hey, show. Hey, Dave, you know this uh, show. Uh, or they're doing a show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Why? Did you see the movie? It did lousy. I know. But, <laughs> well, you know, we're going to have a low budget, yeah. you know, TV show. Uh, just, you know, that's my feelings on that. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, but the, yeah, someone had to sell that. Because it's a good idea, though. Like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it did okay as a movie, didn't it? It didn't flop, did it? These I thought good, it did. I thought it did all right. These are very good questions. But... I mean, it's such a good idea that you could still kind of sell it, even if the movie wasn't successful. You'd be like, I know the movie wasn't great, 
But you know what? Let's get the original writer in. Let's let him develop it. Let's let's let him take his vision. And because I, I think it's is a good idea. I mean, you're you're going to find someone, I guess, who will. It debuted at number five. Yeah. Uh, eventually grossed sixteen million dollars on a seven million dollar production budget. Okay, well, so it money. wasn't it wasn't a failure. It doubled its uh, money. The review uh, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes thirty six percent. Average rating from uh, you know critics and whatever uh, four out of ten. Yeah, I don't think it's a great. I don't think it's a great movie myself, but yeah. uh, the show is a lot better. But then it did uh, did okay on uh, VHS and Laserdisc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> laser disc uh yeah so i mean maybe that's what whereas dread people poured a lot of money into that and it and it did not there was a funny there's a funny thing paul f Tompkins uh tweeted while we still have twitter <laughs> why is twitter going away and was saying uh, yeah it looks like it um what um uh, we were saying when he was at tower records and he was working there yes he's got a very funny uh, a bit about I've, you know, how I've why he got fired. From I watched Tower. it, yeah, yeah, because he was stealing from them. He was <laughs> good reason to get fired. Absolutely, but there was one guy in the store who was never doing nothing. Okay, and he was the guy who was in charge of laser discs. Oh yeah, because no one ever came in for laser discs except two people mm. came in for laser discs. Yeah. one Wes Anderson, mm. one Michael Jackson. Wow. Both bought a stack of laser discs, yeah, and they were the only people he ever saw buy laser discs at Tower Records. I don't know if I bought laser discs at Tower Records, but I did buy laser discs when I was in LA. I bought um, a Buster Keaton laser disc uh, there. Oh no, I misspeak. Actually, okay, I bought Metropolitan. Okay, yeah, yeah, I bought Metropolitan at a, at a uh, laser disc store on Melrose Avenue or Sunset, one of the two. So yeah. I bought Laserdiscs. Sorry, Paul, T- Paul F. Tompkins. There's some of us out there who enjoyed Laserdiscs because we like director's commentary and also letterboxing. And those people are Wes Anderson and Michael Jackson. David M. End of list. And me. Michael Jackson, who you know from being directed by Francis Ford Coppola. In Captain EO. Captain EO! <laughs> then, as who, a fav- then as a favor. Who is a podcaster that was in Captain EO? Who is a podcaster who's in Captain EO? Yeah. What's uh famous so, podcaster? Yeah. Let me make sure I'm getting his last name right. It's not that Stephen Jablala guy, is it? Nope. He no I, he no longer does he did a very early podcast. He is also uh he's a little bit of a stoner. A little bit of a stoner podcaster. Oh, okay. But you have listened to a few of his podcasts. But he's a stoner. Is he a big stoner? Is like he known as a stoner? Like yep. people... very much so. Oh, stoner. okay. So he's that guy who did the movie movie thing, movie show, movie podcast. Uh, Doug loves movies. Yeah. yeah, Doug Benson. Doug Benson. Yeah, yeah. He is in. Uh, he's in oh, Captain really? EO. Oh. Yeah. Huh? You still stories about it's a little like a young kid? I would think. Yep. At that, that age. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's okay. in there. He's one of, one of the guys in that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also um, used to go to the Oscars pretty regularly. Oh, was a seat filler? He would no. Oh. He would just go to the Oscars. Wow. He would dress up in a little suit, <laughs> and he would go to the Oscars. Yeah. And no one thought this kid isn't with anybody. Yeah. So yeah, he'd just be at the Oscars. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. He does love movies. Yeah. He's not lying. Yeah. So it wasn't that hard to uh, get into uh, the Oscars. It's weird that they use... Okay, these people call themselves movie fans, but then they use Leonard Maltin's movie guide. Well, what uh, guide should they use? Leslie Halliwell's film guide. Yeah, but... Much it's better. It's not a fan thing. It's, it's, it's more, you know, the common man. The common if man If you say a... you love movies, you are not a common man. No, you don't love uh, foopy-de-doopy movies. You like... Uh, R- rough Les- and tumble. Leslie uh, Hollywell covers Book all of movies. Lists, Guinness Book of World Records. He uh, covers all the movies. All right. Not just Evil Dead is in Leslie Hollywell's film guide. 
All, all the movies are in there that he saw and thought, thought to review, or at least to rate. Yeah, he was a backup dancer in Captain EO. Okay. Okay, other things he was in. Sure. So in case an actor was hurt, he was there to replace them? That is not correct at all. That's okay. not what a backup dancer is. All right. Uh, he was in a very famous Harrison Ford movie. What movie was that? Very famous Harrison Ford movie. That would be The Conversation, directed by Francis Ford Coppola with Gene Hackman, Harrison Ford. Right. Cindy. Oh, she played uh, Shirley on, or Laverne. No, she played Shirley. Cindy. Penny Marshall was. Uh, no, the other. Cindy. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cindy Williams. Cindy Williams. She's also in The Conversation. Yeah, absolutely wrong. Blade Runner. Oh. He's in Blade Runner. Uh, that is not a popular film. That was a flopperoo. Over time, it has become a popular film. That's unfortunate. It's not a very good movie. And he also was in a film with one of the uh, most uh, famous uh, topless scenes in history. Oh, would that be? Let me just guess now. Would that be um, with uh, shortcuts? No, sorry, that's a bottomless scene. Um, let me think. Famous topless scene. Mm-hmm. I can give you the. Uh, this year. is Doug Benson. Is in a topless scene. He uh, no, he was not in the topless. Oh, scene okay, but he's in a he movie. Would have been too young. 1982. Oh, in Stripes? No. Oh, I don't know what it would be. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that is a famous top of the scene. You're right. Thank you. You're right. I appreciate you to, your confirmation on that. <laughs> that is quite often uh, referenced. It is. It's parody. It's referenced. Mm-hmm. So many things yeah. are, are done with it. Yeah. I should, have, I should have known that. And yet I didn't guess it at all. I mean, I think Blade Runner is uh, a popular movie now. Is it? I think so. Popular enough that they had a sequel. Popular yeah. enough that they had an animated series. Popular enough that they had an unsuccessful sequel. I don't know if I think it's not. Was it an unsuccessful sequel? Yeah, it did not make did not make very much money. Oh, and because Blade Runner didn't make very much money, so it's weird. It's like a. It, you're right. It has fans, and those fans are like you know uh, had had enough pull to get to get uh, Blade Runner 2049 made. But here's a fact for you. Okay. Blade Runner 2049 is a better movie than Blade Runner. Sure. Let's go with that. I'm looking now at uh, what the uh, what the what the movie made. Uh, what what uh, Blade Runner? I'm looking at like Blade Runner 2000 and uh, boobity boobity boo, babity boobity boo. Well, it had a ginormous budget because it was uh, because uh, Denis Villeneuve likes to film with a certain amount of practical sets. Okay, so it made uh, worldwide. Total, uh, it uh, made uh, two hundred and sixty million dollars. So it, against a production budget of one hundred and fifty million. So you can double that for th- to three hundred. Three hundred million for the other costs that are not are not directly attributed attribu- attribu- to the film. So yeah, it's uh, still it's hard to say a two hundred and sixty million dollar movie is uh, a flop. I know flop. it is, <laughs> but yeah, it did not uh, meet expectations. Let's put it that way. But, okay, uh, but it's a really good film. It's a really, really good film. All right, I gotta say. All right, I've. Uh, All right, I'm not fighting. With I've you. watched it more than once. All right, wow. No, I think I have too because my wife likes it. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, it's one of those films that when it's on, it'll be on. Yeah, and uh, it'll be on. That's that's what it is. It'll play to the end, and we'll, there we go. <laughs> I still don't. Uh, I've I've seen Blade Runner probably like at least a dozen times. Blade Runner? And, uh, yeah, I've seen like all the versions of Blade Runner as well. I've seen it a couple times. I still yeah. don't quite get it. I might get it one day. So they're all, they're all robots? I don't know. Well, I'll make sense of it later on. <laughs> well, that's the problem with the film. Like, I, I, and I know that was Harrison Ford's conflict with, with Ridley Scott, is that Ridley Scott wanted to push the idea that Harrison Ford was also a replicant. Mm-hmm. 
And Harrison Ford was like, well, that's stupid to make his, his character also a robot. Like, if everyone's a robot, then what is the conflict in this movie? Like, I don't understand what, what any of this means then. Like, it's just, this is dumb. So yeah, he did, he fought a lot with him because, yes, I just, I just have tr- tr- trouble with it because, to me, Ridley Scott, who is, you know, is a British filmmaker, so he's more interested in the machines than people. Mm-hmm. Well-known fact about British British directors. Um, he, uh, yeah, he pushes like the idea that the the tragedy is these robots. <laughs> They're robots. If you have trouble with them, you just unplug them. They're they like got a toaster. Feelings. Do they? It's the Star Wars they situation. Don't. That's they don't. The, that's the point of the book, is they don't have feelings. Here's a story about from Star Wars I've never uh, seen. Is uh, what was the first robot with feelings? Because they all have feelings and they're all scared yeah. and they all got to you know, get angry and all this stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. So were robots ever robots in this world, <laughs> or just from the start? Yeah. Were they always this? Yeah. You know, and why were they always this? Who was the person who went? You know what? We should make them feel pain. Do you know like, why they feel pain? Because then they're comedy characters. I guess so. Because they're based. They're based on t- uh, two. Thieve characters in the Kurosawa film, The Hidden Fortress, who are humans. And so the characters, the robots are thus, as analogs of those characters, have to have like feelings as well. Oh. That's the reason that they're, because they're there as light relief. And so you need them to be like funny. Oh, okay. And they're not, I, I never knew that. It's not funny if they're like falling down and they're not making beeping noises and not like upset by it. Okay. You know, if they're just Were, like. Here's a, here's a question that yeah. I have for you Were they the first funny robots? That's a good question. I'm gonna say, aside from Robbie the robot, who uh, yeah, he was pretty. He's who funny. was that kind of? But he's know. not funny in. Uh, he's not funny in his original appearance on. Wait, am I confusing? There's two robots. There's the Forbidden Planet robot. But they look very similar. Very similar. I think they're basically the same robot. They they've done stuff. They've worked together. Yeah, Forbidden they've, Planet. He's not a he's not a comedy character. Right on uh, on Lost Lost in Space. The, that that type of robot takes on more of a comedy thing, but I'm thinking about the the uh, robots in, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Silent Running, the Bruce Stern science okay. fiction film, where he has like the the he calls them like the seven dwarfs, the the robots in that. Okay, but I don't know if they're funny or they're just like kind of cute. That's yeah, that's different. And I Dave guess. isn't really a funny robot. Who's Dave? Uh, from 2001. Dave is not. Dave is a person. Dave I'm Bowman. Sorry, who's Hal? Hal. Yeah. Yeah. Hal nine thousand. Yes. Do you know what hell came from? They, they, yeah, they took but the IBM. Tell, tell it. Oh, okay. They, yeah. So IBM, they just lowered, dropped the letters, one letter down. So yeah, that's damn up, clever. Sorry, so it went up. H A L. One of my favorite video games Very is clever. Portal and uh, Portal Two. Portal mm. Two is especially goddamn. Portal Two is probably my favorite video game. Sure. Um, but there's a, a an AI that's in there called Glados, and um, they have a, a thing in uh, Lego uh, video games. It was like Lego Infinity something. Uh, something like that. Okay. Anyway, there's a scene where uh, GLaDOS meets uh, Hal. Okay. And they just don't get along at all. Why would they? But it's it's oh. just great. I love it. I, I love it some so problems. much. And I love that in the... If you're watching a video of it on YouTube, which you can, uh, Batman and Gandalf are hanging out as well. And Wild Style or whatever from the Lego Yeah, movie. yeah. They're all hanging out there as well in the background while uh, you know they're, th- those two are arguing. Ah, it's good stuff. What's fun about Dave and the Hell is that uh, it's a face-off between two Canadian actors. Oh, tell me more. Well, because Hell was played by Douglas Rain, who was a Canadian uh, voice a- actor, did voices for documentaries, and I, and and also was the voice for the Hinterland Who's Who 
uh, info info spots. <laughs> yep, beautiful. For more information on the woodchuck, yeah, that was Douglas Rain. Contact. But then um, the actor who played Dave Bowman, Dave, mm-hmm. um, that was uh, ooh, now his his name's gone into my head. That was um, oh, everyone, come on, help me out here. Please send me your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was his name? What was his name? All right, tell me, tell me more. Go ahead. From from what? The guy who played Dave Bowman in the movie. He's also in uh, Black Christmas. Okay, and, hold it. And uh, but he, I think he got didn't like doing movies as much. He enjoyed doing plays. So he's more of a, a theater actor here in Canada. Okay, uh, Dave Bowman was played by uh, Kira. Oh, Kira Delea. Yeah. Delea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kira Delea. Yeah. Kira Both Canadian. Delea, he Kira was a Delea. Stratford actor. Okay, the fir- here's I don't know the the first I'm trying to look up the first uh, funny robot. Okay, okay. Uh, but uh, the first uh, robot movie okay. was in 1999. 1999. 1999. Doesn't Metropolis have a robot in it? Uh, this was the first robot movie. It says was made in 1999 with the release of Harry Houdini's The Master Mystery. 1899. 1990, 1919, sorry, 1919. Oh, 1919. Okay. Did I say 1999? You said 1999. I meant the TV show 1999 was the first robot. <laughs> Space 1999. Uh, so Harry Houdini's, what's it called, sorry? Uh, sorry, it's called uh, The Master Mystery. Okay. It was a serial that was the first to portray uh, oh. a robot. And it had Harry Houdini mystery. in it. It was Harry Houdini's The Master Mystery, yeah. Oh, Okay, sorry. Hold it. I was curious. Uh, let me let, let me look this up. Okay. Okay. You brought it up. Uh, I'm just trying to. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Uh, Master Mystery. It's a silent serial told in 15 installments. It stars Harry Houdini. Oh, cool. Cool. I didn't so, know that he was. So that. there you are. I did not know he acted in a silent. So I'm just looking up here. Uh, you know, uh, robots in uh, in in movies. Yep. So of course we had Robot Monster. Uh, yeah. Let's see, going back. Back, uh, the Colossus from the Colossus of New York. Not a very funny robot there. <laughs> okay, not hilarious. Keeping going. Uh, Torbor the Great, uh, but that not not hilarious not, not either. Good name, really good. But name. his name is uh, I guess Torbor is robot. I guess uh, mixed up the letters mixed up. Yeah. No, it's not. It's Torbor. Forget what I said. That wouldn't work. Torbo I, would work, but yeah. No, I'm not seeing a lot of funny robots here. I mean, once we get into the 70s, we got uh, so many robots. Yeah, we got like uh, Devil Girl from Mars. There's a robot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure uh, there is. not uh, not that funny. Not, not funny, yeah. Oh, uh, you know, um, okay. Well, there was the sleeper robots in Sleeper, but they weren't necessarily funny robots. Funny no. things were occurring yeah. uh, around. Yeah, he was the funny robot. Yeah, they're all just like killer robots. So like the mysterious Dr. <laughs> Satan. Yeah. You know? No. It's interesting, isn't it? So Star Wars besides the robots in Silent Target Running, Earth, yeah, no. Silent Running, they're 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 not hilarious, but they're kinda cute and they're and they're not um Yeah, agreed. No. First uh first funny role. Oh yeah, you got the Huey Dewey and Louie, of course, Silent Running. Oh that's what that's what they're called. Sorry, yeah. I yeah. can't remember the names. For some reason I thought they were for <laughs> seven dwarves and then I'm like, no, there were how but many that robots would be were there? Probably the closest up until that point. Yeah. You yeah. know? Oh, well, depends if you consider the Stepford Wives uh, hilarious. <laughs> well, it, it's unintentionally hilarious. That's right. And the Gunslinger in Westworld, not that funny. Not funny, no. No, I think we're I think I think we're it. Sorry. Yeah, first funny robots. Well done everybody. First funny <laughs> robots. And yeah, and, and because he wanted late relief, 
And like I say, they were based, according to him, they're based on these two kind of uh, ineffectual ding-dong thieves in uh, The Hidden Fortress, the Kurosawa film. Yeah, Gort wasn't that funny. And, uh, yeah, yeah, and Which I watched as a kid on the understanding that the Star Wars had been based on The Hidden Fortress, which is not the case. Oh, okay. There is a princess who's captured in the film. So there's some elements of it that um, that uh, George George took George Lucas took and used for Star Wars. But overall, you wouldn't you wouldn't watch the Hidden Fortress and say, "Oh man, this is to- totally what he ripped off Star." You know, he totally ripped off this film. No, no, mm-hmm. just inspired by some elements of it and, and inspired by the two thieves to have like as two two kind of bumbling characters that uh, act as a. I think they are more like a audience stand in than than Luke Skywalker is really. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah we see most of the movie through their eyes. Right? Yeah. And then they uh, didn't know what to do with them for the rest of the movies. And they're like, they're just hanging out in the background. Yeah, yeah, are. you're right. In fact, I think like in Clerks 3, I remember just from the trailer, uh, they were talking about, uh, you know, who's who in Star Wars compared to the characters in Clerks. And Jay and Silent Bob are there. And they're like, uh, yeah, they were in the original franchise and they're on all the merch. But, you know... They're just hanging around in the background now. <laughs> yeah, like that's like, all they're doing. Like Han Solo in uh, in the third Star Wars. This is 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 uh, in Jedi. Yeah, his storylines. His story's done, so there's nothing for him to do. Yeah, yeah. I had my redemption arc. Yeah, yeah. I've already been redeemed. Yeah, you saw me. I kissed the princess. And yeah, I, told her so I loved her. And... Why? Why am I still here? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey Chewbacca. What's <laughs> what's your arc? <laughs> Chewbacca doesn't get an arc. He doesn't get an arc. No. He's just around. <laughs> Just hanging around. There's another guy hanging around in the background. You really like you want a scene at some point in like the more the modern trilogy where it's just R two D two and Chewbacca and they're just sitting and they're just looking at each other, going, "Seen some shit, huh?" Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, because they've been in all of them, like the 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 whack of them from the very beginning. Yeah. They know the whole thing, you know. They finally get to pass the sidekick Bechdel test, where they they talk about something that isn't one of the main characters in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, like the one turns to the other and like, you ever been in love? <laughs> and then uh, Chewbacca says, yeah, but I was never able to tell him. And then uh, R2-D2 just takes a pause and goes, wait a minute. <laughs> wait. And then we just roll credits. <laughs> That's right. Next thing you see, there's a little hairy robot running around. I'm like, hey, I know what happened. They should do a movie on Tatooine where it's just the two of them. They meet and then they just talk and talk and talk and talk. And then it's like called Before Sunset and Sunset. It's the two moons. Or two suns, I should say. Oh, yeah. That's good, actually. Yeah. No, it's not. It's too No. (laughs) I think you could sell that to Robot Chicken. I think that's that's fine. Uh, Do you want to move to Mailbag? Yeah, let's move to Mailbag. All right. I got nothing left to say. Although I should say one thing before we move on to Mailbag, which is... Because last week we said that we were going to be joined by Nina Matsumoto on this episode. Right. But then she got canceled because of uh, things she said and <laughs> she, did. She did say And uh, yeah. so we are now disassociating yeah. with her in all capacity. Yeah. Except as a friend and as a co-worker. <laughs> so Nina got sick. She uh, had a sore throat and thought it would be safer if she did not come and join us this week. She cares for others. And so uh, normally we would have uh, Dork Shadows yeah. as part of this show. Uh, but I put off doing, doing it because I'm lazy and I thought, hey, if Nina's there, I can't, you know, waste her time reading summaries of, of Dark Shadows. So um, that's why there's no Dark Shadows this week. I yeah, I was actually really happy because I was like, 
oh, she's going to read all the letters because she likes yeah, to yeah. read the letters. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we got nine of them. Oh, good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't have to read those letters. Well, I do. But don't take it that I'm not grateful to read your letters. Yeah. I am. But it's nicer when uh, Nina gets to it's do it. It's fun. It's a fun change. Anyway, uh, it, hopefully she uh, gets well uh, right quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure she will. And yeah. uh, then back uh, back with us as well, soon I as Well, I took possible. your advice and I sent her some spicy soap. So hopefully she'll... Oh, I said soup. Oops. Oh, no. That's going to burn. Oh, I hope dear. she's okay. Yeah, that yeah. cayenne dial. That's no good. <laughs> All right. So last week we asked yeah. uh, the following questions and you answered. Don't pretend you didn't. Uh, what's your favorite non-movie spinoff of a movie? What is your favorite sports nickname? Yeah. And what is your comfort movie? I just threw that in there because you mentioned it near the end of the show. Sure. That's all fine. Yeah. And so uh, here come the letters. They're coming down the pike. Here come the letters. One's riding a bike. Here come the letters. Just get on with it. Okay. <laughs> Edward Dragansky writes. Yes. David. Oh. Watch Andor. Okay. Okay. I will. I'll, Andor uh, checks the Star Wars box and, for me. I'll try and watch it this weekend. Yeah. Checks the Star Wars box for me that one may only find in some of the books over the years. It taps into the underbelly of a galaxy far, far away. I like seeing the pedestrian side of what I think I've been missing out on uh, over the last 45 years. So far, the Star Wars films tell me the intertwined stories of Jedi mythology at the upper echelon of the saga... And the rebels fighting war is mostly a backdrop for what's going on in a much, much larger galaxy. That's how I've always understood it in my mind. That it's a big galaxy and we're just privy to seeing the focus on the Skywalkers all this all this time. Now, it's time to shift the focus to the everyday life of the rest of the galaxy and how its people fit into the backdrop of a conflict. Then our friend Louise writes... Uh, we had tea with Louise yesterday. It was very, oh, very nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Louise writes. I saw your I saw your setup. It looked very looked very. Thanks. I enjoy making little sandwiches. We're gonna go have tea on Saturday at a place in Eight Corners in near um, Valcara. Okay. Yeah. If you get any good idea for tea sandwiches, let me know. Okay. I'm down with that. <laughs> um, Louise writes. Favorite non movie spin ups of a movie: Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hey, we mentioned that earlier. And Angel. Sadly, my memories of enjoying the series are now shadowed by what has been reported about Joss Whedon's past and recent conduct behind the scenes. But I try to keep in mind that the shows were the works of hundreds of talented cast and crew members, writers, and other producers. Hmm. Favorite sports nickname? The Italian Stallion. I know it best from the Rocky movies, (laughs) but I checked to see if anyone had it prior to that. Turns out it was the nickname of Johnny Musso. A University of Alabama, Alabama. What? The, where does that come from? <laughs> Alabama. You got very fancy. Football, Alabama. Uh, Alabama. I don't even own a television. Oh, I take a bath in Alabama. <laughs> uh, football player. He later played in the CFL for the BC Lions in the early 1970s and for the Chicago Bears before <laughs> retiring in 1979. And my comfort movie is A Room with a View, with its message of embracing the eternal yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I haven't seen that movie yet, so I will see it. Yes, I will. Uh, back to the Edward Dragansky files. Apologies if the last post sounds convoluted. I was half asleep when I wrote it. Seriously, though, you so, guys... So you don't recommend Andor, then? That I, was th- just, I think he doesn't recommend us reading that first post. That was just <laughs> sleep-talking. Yeah. Hey, guys, you should you really... Dave, yeah. Dave, you got to see Andor! Dave, you should see and or go to oh, a movie. That's true. 
Yeah, the guy is a, is a bunch of conjunctions, isn't he? <laughs> the show is conjunctions. If is you it? saw his butt, it would be Andor's butt. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> and butt and or. Uh, conjunction, junction, what's your function? Fighting the empire, serving up rebels. All right. <laughs> seriously, though. Seriously, though. Oh, Dave, he's, seriously, he's, though. He's serious. I'm sorry. You guys need to take it easy on Star Wars. <laughs> what? All right. What did we say that was bad about Star Wars? It may not make total sense, but it does add up in the grand scheme of things. Uh, fact check. The Bothans were the spies who were credited with stealing the plans to the second Death Star in Return of the Jedi. They're mentioned by Mon Mothma during a rebel briefing, but we never see them. Now we can see the genesis of Senator uh, Mothra, Mothma in Andor and oh, discover... Spoilers. I don't need to watch it now. Okay. And discover what drives her into her place with the Rebellion. Hmm. Hey... Dave. Yes. Remember 1996? <laughs> Remember Star Wars Shadows of the Empire? I don't. Of course you do. Let's crank it up, man! <laughs> Technically, a Star Wars spinoff, Shadows yielded uh, every form of media except a theatrical release. It was as if the movie had been made but was never shown. What we got was a book, poster, comics, soundtrack, toys, collectibles, and a game as if they were supposed uh, supported media to a film. So every Star Wars fan was buying all this stuff and absorbing it using only one's imagination. The game was a Nintendo 64 exclusive, and I played it for years. It follows the story in the book and introduced uh, some. Uh, it, fo- it follows the story in the book and introduced some characters who have since been canonized along with the Star Wars films and television. I can't think of any uh, type of event like that before or since. I ate it all up. Since 1996, with otherwise devoid of anything Star Wars, until the special editions arrived the following year. Being a Cubs fan, you already mentioned <laughs> Slammin' Sammy Sosa. Yes, and I've uh, actually seen it, who I've actually seen in action. So I borrowed some inspiration from a friend and coworker. Can I just, can I just interrupt for a second and say that uh, Sammy Sosa played some minor league baseball right here in Vancouver. Oh, with what for the team? Vancouver Canadians. Nice. You know what? Uh, mm-hmm. Like I like a I liked a Reggie bar back in the day. Okay. Um, but uh, I would also go for a Slam and Sammy Soda if they had uh, come oh, out with a, all yeah, those. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I, I work uh, with a huge New York Yankees fan whose family is from uh, there. She's always mentioning the Yankees of the late 1920s as a murderer's row. <laughs> murderer's row were the baseball teams of the New York Yankees in the 1920s. Widely considered some of the best teams in history. The nickname is particularly describing the first six hitters in the 1927 uh, team lineup. Earl Combs, Mark uh, Koenig, Koenig, uh, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. Whose name, Babe, is a nickname, by the way. Oh, what's his uh, full name? Herman Ruth. His full name is Baby Ruth. Uh, (laughs) Lou Gehrig, (laughs) Bob Musel, and uh, Tony Lazari. Bob Musley, the inventor of the cereal. Uh, I guess uh, what we'd uh, call a dream team today was uh, more down and dirty back in the 1920s New York. Fire up my Wayback Machine. I want to see those games. <laughs> it seems kind of sad that you have a coworker who lives in, lives in the, tw- the uh, 2020s who's talking about a team from the 1920s with glowing And that coworker's memories. name is Seth. <laughs> co-worker's name is, Seth. Is, is Dracula. Oh, is it? He's been around. Been around a long time. Only goes to night games. <laughs> it's day for night, Dracula. What? Boom! Get out of here! Hold my beer. Wait, I this is to drink wait, some beer. This is a cup of blood. <laughs> my comfort film list 
is extensive, and I'll just go on record to say any of the movies I've watched millions of times are contenders. Any of the Marx Brothers, Star Wars, Star Trek, DC, or Marvel films qualify. I seem to throw on Thor, Ragnarok, or Guardians of the Galaxy a lot, since I never tire of those. Hey, the uh, Guardians uh, holiday special is next week. Looking forward to that. Oh, that sounds fun. Yep. It's on Disney Plus, I assume. You bet it is. You bet it is. Is it on Disney Plus? You bet it is. Robert Evans producing. Uh, I have this tradition Uh of watching a Christmas film every year while I wrap all the gifts in one evening. Mm. I try to find one I've never seen before as a challenge. If I can't, I have a a holiday comfort films that are either uh, Christmas classics like Elf. Sure. Uh, I know a couple of people in Elf. I don't want to brag. I know a couple of Elves. I know. I I know. Listen, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. I know two of the Elves. Two of the Elves. Oh, that's right. Boom. You know one of the elves. I know one of them. Gary, not Gary Jones. Uh, Richard Side. Richard Side, yeah. Producer of the debaters, CBC Radio Play. Radio Play? No, Radio Play. Uh, radio show. I'm now listening to the uh, version with the super experts, master debaters. The joke's been made a thousand <laughs> times and will be made once more. <laughs> Happy birthday to Gordon Lightfoot. Um, and, and Richard is not the producer of the show anymore, but he was the creator. Um, Christmas Vacation or films that take place during Christmas like 1941 or Die Hard. What are your holiday comfort films? Does this qualify as a question of the week? Damn rights it does. Otherwise, we'd have to come up with one. <laughs> Uh, my holiday comfort films, well, one I watch every year with Eve is Bachelor Mother with uh, Ginger Rogers. Very good. Dave, Ginger Rogers and David Niven. Very good film. And also, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays Sam Wainwright in, uh, you know, Hee Haw yep. in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, he plays a, a great character in, he's a good actor. He plays a great character in Bachelor Mother. That's a very good film. Another one, if you haven't seen Bachelor Mother, I highly recommend that you put that into your rotation. Okay, what era is that from? That's from like 1940. And Ginger Roger wasn't keen to play the role, actually, because she was kind of a conservative lady. And she didn't like the idea of playing a, a character who was, in essence, a single mother. Although in the movie, they make pains to that it's not her baby. Oh, okay. She she uh, inadvertently becomes the adoptive mother. Guardian. Of a, yeah, because she sees this baby being left by someone on the steps of, a, ah. of an orphanage. And then it looks like the baby's going to roll down the steps, so she goes to stop it. And they open the door. Because she hates Battleship Potemkin so they, much. That's right. And they, they, uh, someone opens that door at that moment. And they're kind of like, oh, I'm leaving a baby behind. Are you? Well, come in here, you poor woman. Let us help you. Let us for- forcibly help you keep this baby. Um, that's a very good film. And then also, Remember the Night, the uh, Preston Sturges written, uh, uh, oh, shoot. I almost remembered his name. God. So Fred McMurray and Barbara Stanwyck, starring, I think, directed by Mitchell Leeson. Who uh, also directed uh, the great Easy Living, also written by Preston Sturges. That's not all that trivia. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty I, good. I love Remember the Night. It's a it's a great film. It's a movie. He plays a DA, and she's a shoplifter who is a is uh, in court. And so then, uh, Fred McMurray's character kind of wants to. He's has plans mm-hmm. for the for Christmas. Christmas is coming. You know, the holiday season's sure. coming, and so he has a stay of of. And so this this lady though is going to have to spend spend the time in jail. Because over the holidays, and so he kind of takes pity on her, and he has one of his this guy uh, uh, pay for her bail. Okay. So then she won't be spending it. But of course, this guy this guy has a dirty mind. He misinterprets it, and he brings her to his apartment because he thinks, oh, you wanted to like, you know, you want yeah. to pay back for this yeah. uh, this kind gesture, which he doesn't. He's just about to leave to go visit his mom, like go to his mom's place. 
she lives in another state in the, in the, in the country. And so somehow they decide that she'll come with him. He'll drop her off at her mom's and then they'll go, he'll go on to his mom's. But it doesn't work out that way. And they end up going to his mom's together. And it's a really good movie. It's a really good film. Cool. It's written by Preston Sturgis. So what else do you expect, of course? Here's, but, a, uh, here's, here's a special that you may have seen. Maybe you haven't seen. Mm. Um, uh, Bernard and the Genie. Which oh, is uh, with uh, Lenny Henry as the Lenny genie. Henry as the genie, yeah, Alan yeah, Cumming yeah, yeah. as Bernard, and Rowan Atkinson's also in it. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, you can see. I think it's on YouTube, but uh, there's other uh, better ways of watching it. Yeah, entertaining. One I wish would would return regularly is the animated Wind in the Willows. Okay, that was made by uh, Cosgrove, the people who did like uh, Count Ducula and Danger okay. Mouse and stuff like that. They also did some stop motion stuff, and they did a stop motion version of Wind in the Willows. It's just fantastic. And it does have a Christmas... 1983, that sure, version? Sure, And it does have a Christmas part to it when, when Moley returns to his, uh, his digs, literally. They're digs because he's a mole. Um, yeah, he returns to his place and uh, he and Ratty and... Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Right. And then yes. one more. Okay. This is a really nostalgic one. I don't, even rem- I don't even know how you could watch this, but it was so good. It's based on... I'm going to look it up after. I think it's based on... Okay, there's a uh, novelist. But I mean, okay, there's a novelist, Catherine Mansfield, I think. And then I think she had a husband who was also a writer, John Mansfield or something like that. Okay. Anyway, so the story is called Box of Delights. And it's about this magical box that bad people want. And this boy c- comes into possession of it. And these bad people want it. But it's so interesting because it has like shapeshifters. Okay. So like, like uh, foxes who shapeshift into humans. And of course, they want the box with bad because they're foxes. It's from 1974. That's how old it is. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, 84. 84, yeah. It has Patrick Apologies. Troughton in it as a hurdy gurdy man. Uh, or is it maybe John Pertwee? I know, I think it's Patrick Troughton. One of the Doctor Who's is in Patrick it. Patrick anyway. Troughton's in it. Yeah, yeah. He plays a hurdy gurdy man who's, who is sort of like a magical being. Um, and I shouldn't say sort of, he is a magical being. But it's very good. I just saw it like way back when I was yeah. in high school, just at a time where I was like infantilizing a little bit because I was very nervous about graduating. And so it was really nice to glom onto these sort of more childish shows. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it's based on a uh, 1935 uh, novel. By? Oh, very good question. By uh, John uh, Macefield. Macefield or Mansfield? Uh, M-A-S-E, Field. Oh, okay. So Macefield. you tell me. No, no, it's fine. You got it right. It's a sequel. Really? Yes. To another story. Yes. I'm going to have to look him up. Called The Midnight Folk. I'm going to look him up. Because uh, I'm sure I can find him. I'm sure I can find those books uh, out of copyright somehow. Oh, sure. I'm going to look those point. up and maybe... All right, I'm going to throw one more it. Christmas thing out there. Okay, okay. And this one might seem a little obvious. Uh, Emma Dollar's uh, Jug Band Christmas. That's great, though. I haven't seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it since it was on television. In 77? Yeah. That's the last time I watched it. Really? Yeah. Oh, watch it again. It's good. I should watch it, it again. It does hold up. It's Boy, probably how... on Disney it's Plus. It's probably right? on Disney Plus. <laughs> There's no way it's not on Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, we uh, we got a point in um, we we got a point in uh, trivia uh, for getting the name of the uh, band. Yeah, you know, uh, the foggy bottom, foggy bottom nightmare, soggy bottom. Oh, soggy bottom, yeah, soggy bottom nightmare band. Yeah, soggy bottom nightmare band. Oh no, no, sorry, river bottom nightmare band. Oh, river bottom. Shoot, it does sound like soggy bottom. <laughs> Watchman, too much British Bake Off. <laughs> I've heard good things about the British Bake Off this uh, this Christmas episode. All right, uh, just throwing that out there. Okay, keep, keep going. Uh, okay, I'm uh, back uh, back to work. Okay, I'm not sleepy uh, now. 
but I'll back out slowly like Homer Simpson into the wall of shrubs behind me. Oh, do you see the Halloween episode? He hates that wall of shrubs. Um, by the way, the last episode was one of the funniest ever, especially the conversation about cereal milk. I side with Dave. I love drinking that chunky, shredded wheat milk from a bowl. Best of all, best to all, uh, kisses and hugs. Thank you, Ed. Uh, okay. Thank I'm you for just, siding with just me. Just give me a second. The, I'm recovering from this. Laura, uh, Laurel Robertson <laughs> says, I'm really into shredded wheat right now. And usually after my uh, little cat, Etta, gets done with the milk, uh, why I finish it up. <laughs> Jesus, Lord. Well, this is my last show. Thanks, everyone. <sighs> Lisa Williamson. Milk, writes, the Milk Maniacs came out. Lisa Williamson, who is the co-host of the uh, popular, enjoyable, uh, Sneaky Dragon uh, produced uh, <laughs> podcast, Horse Mysteries. Yeah, the newest one and dropped if you have this to, Thursday. If you ask, ask what that's about, you haven't read the title. <laughs> It's uh, True Horse Mysteries. Yeah. So there's another one coming out? We are, it's already out. It dropped this Thursday. Boom. The horse it's droppings a, are it's out. It's a fun... It's a, it's <laughs> a kind of a fun caper. Oh, nice. Okay. A bit of a canter. I, I joked in the show that I hoped it was a story we could play yakety sax to. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Elisa writes, uh, favorite sports nickname, Refrigerator Perry. William the Refrigerator Perry. Yep. That's yep. Great. That is a great name. Uh, Laurel Robertson replies to that. Mine too, Lisa. They also <laughs> call him the fridge for short. My son was a chunky little toddler during the years William Perry played for the Bears and thus was known around the family as the little fridge. <laughs> nice. Remember, uh, if I'm re- recalling correctly, mm-hmm. I think uh, Refrigerator Perry was the only real life person who was one of the uh, 1980s G.I. Joes. He had his own little uh, G.I. Joe action. Oh, figure. really? Yeah. He was that popular. I believe so, yeah. Interesting. And so, you know, they all be fighting Cobra. Right, right. And uh, then, like, let's call him the fridge. Yeah. And in comes the fridge. Um, and then uh, if a child uh, went into the fridge, they'd die. <laughs> uh, Peter Ayers writes, yeah. hey, both. That's us. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that summary. Yeah. Uh, David asks a good question. That's not right. Oh, wait. About whether architects had to run concepts by engineers. Mm. The boring answer is. Yep. Legal. We need to uh, work with professionals with li- uh, whose liability insurance covers the work. The anecdotal answer takes me back to a project for London's V&A Museum. They wanted to cover... Victoria uh, their- and Albert. Very nice. Their courtyard as a winter event space. Unfortunately, the site was somewhat inaccessible. Being at the center of one of lar- uh, London's largest museums, our admittedly bonkers concept was to freeze the fountain and hang a tent from an enormous pole of ice. At the uh, first kinda, meeting kinda with cool, the engineer, though. a serious Israeli dude who'd survived a faulty parachute jump, <laughs> he... Uh, why that, Was that on his business card? Yeah. <laughs> survived faulty parachute <laughs> jump. Wow. And then underneath, don't like to talk about it. Oh. Okay. Don't know why you put it on That's the weird. card then. That's kind of... Uh, he was nonplussed. Conversation you non-starter. You don't do that. What we need is a steel column with, we insisted... He resisted. Uh, The next day, he came back. The idea had been annoying him all night. So, if you really want to do it, this is what you need. Through dialogue, we worked out a solution involving those ice blocks that get carved into swans, stacked into a hollow chimney shape, uh, lagged with coolant tubes, and packed with snow, 
By taking an absurd idea and rendering it plausible, it rem remains one of my favorite uh, collaborations, if not the strangest project of my career so far. But that's <laughs> a story for another day. Oh, but he doesn't like to talk about it. Doesn't want to talk about it. Well, thank you for that answer, Peter, to my probing question. And the uh, Israeli fellow started a faulty parachute uh, uh, jump business. Called Faulty Tours. There you go. Uh, Peter Ayers is back. Briefly, my school friends and I had a great fondness for the first two Alien spin-off comics from Dark Horse. Mark, now Ian, relax, you can do this. <laughs> Bird Herdens? Verheiden. Verheiden's writing took the series in interesting directions with stellar art, particularly uh, Dennis uh, Bouvet's gorgeous, fully painting, <laughs> uh, painted issues. Wow. Both seem to be unavailable. A crime, given the quality was so much higher than the film's sequels. Yeah. And then Jonathan Bampton, Jonathan Bampton, it's time for Jonathan Bampton, writes, a few years back, yeah. uh, the New Zealand badminton team was called the Black Cocks. For a New York minute or two. <laughs> Funny fellas on the other side of the ditch, eh? An unrelated sports trivia. Oh, this is the unrelated sports trivia part of the show. All right. What's the theme song for that? Okay. Sometimes it's not connected to the show. Unrelated sports trivia. The umpires of our footy codes were once sponsored by OPSM, a company that sells spectacles and optical wares. Quite ironic, considering how often meatheads in the crowd like to hang <laughs> shit on the blind referees. Yeah. There you are. are. Yeah. That is sport. That is trivia. Sports trivia. And, and connected. Uh, is, that then, it? is that it for I, stories? I, I, that is it for letters, I mean? Well, you know what? That reminds me of a story once, <laughs> Dave, where there was a lady. Yeah. And she was naked. <laughs> okay. Follow me on this. Okay. And then uh, 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 there's a knock on the door. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and she goes like... Uh, Who's there? Because she's going to put on clothes, yeah, as, yeah. She, as you would. Sure, sure. And the person at the door goes, uh, blind man. And I was like, oh, it's a blind man. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> opens the door. And he's there holding some blinds. Oh. He's there to put up the blinds. Yeah. And uh, she went like, oh, well, I'm not ashamed of my body. And he went, and nor should you be. <laughs> That's a very wholesome story. It was a nice story. story. Yeah, yeah, it, it worked good. out. And, yeah. she, and, and she went like, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I probably don't have blinds on my windows right now. And I'm walking around nude. <laughs> And he went like, which is why you called the blind man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I did call you. Yeah. Why did I forget that? And he went, you're probably having a hard time. Why don't you go in the other room yeah. and uh, relax? Yeah. And I'll put up these blinds as I am a person who installs blinds. Yes. Thank you, sir. I appreciate both the respect and the good service. This is my job. But I appreciate your appreciation. I hope you have a nice day. And you, sir. And then uh, she says uh, to him, have you heard about the uh, the good news about Jesus Christ? And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ. That's right. <laughs> and then uh, goes on. Tell him about that. She, yeah, she had him at a, a, a disadvantage. Yeah. It was flirty fishing. <laughs> uh, we, got a, we got an email. Oh, that makes from, sense. From correspondent, this week's correspondent, Laurel Robertson. Oh, nice. Her subject is just a note. Okay. This is just a little note. She says, hello, dear David and dear Ian and sneakers all round. Thank you for sharing the tales of your adventures in Europe last month, the really great times, and the not-so-great-at-all. I hope, David, that you have been able to replace those lost items, <laughs> other than the cash, of course, without too much trouble. Well, I was... 
Let me just break off. I'll, actually, I'll finish the story. Then. All right. I'll sure. finish the letter sorry, or the note. Otherwise, it will not be a brief note. It won't be brief. Not, not if I can help it. I'm glad that as the shock wore off, you were both able to remember the lovely parts of the trip. Those scoundrels cannot take the good things, people in your life away, or who you are. That's all I wanted to say. Take care. Happy times for all this week, Laurel. Thank you so much, Laurel. Appreciate it. I was just going to say that I went, I had said I was going to the back doctor today, but I had to cancel my uh, doctor's appointment because I needed to go. I had an appointment. I had a conflicting appointment at the motor vehicle branch to get my my uh, license. Okay. A replacement license. I've been driving without any any paperwork for the last couple of weeks. So now I have a I have an interim late driver's license in my okay. car for the first time in a while. And, and in about two or three weeks, I'll have a new driver's license. So that is a step on the road. The most important thing I need to replace, though, is my PR card. Because without that, I cannot leave... I kind of come and go in this in this uh, difficult world. So I need to get on that particular thing sooner than later. So there you go. All right. But thank you. Thank you for your kind thoughts, everyone. Mm-hmm. And by everyone, I mean Laurel. So our questions for next week are, uh, what is your favorite uh, Christmas or holiday, uh, you know, comfort uh, movie, TV show, yep. what have you? Mm-hmm. And then the other, uh, the other thing was, um, uh, are you pro drop by? Like either people <laughs> dropping by your place yeah. or you just dropping by their place. Yeah. Is that something you like or think is awful? And uh, <laughs> did pe- do people do that to you? Yeah. Yeah. So drop bys. Drop bys and comfort. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think uh, I think it's pretty great. We know. We've established <laughs> that. No one's saying that uh, yeah. you don't like it. We know you like it. Yeah. yeah. Now, what I'm asking is. Dear do, listeners, do you agree with David that yeah. this is a good thing? Or do you agree with me? What are you doing? What are you doing dropping by? What are you, a crazy person dropping by? Yeah. Crazy person. Can I say one more thing about it? Okay. I like it. Okay. I don't know. I guess we should. We could end the show there. Sure. Um, we're going to be taking our podcast door to door, by the way. <laughs> I was thinking that was one thing Like when I, when I yeah. saw the uh, gentleman who were like, Talking a little bit of religion door to door. We should just like walk door to door and spread the good word of Stinky Dragon and just do a little of this podcast at every it house. It sounded like you said Stinky Dragon. Stinky, yeah, Stinky Dragon. <laughs> yeah. The good word. Have you heard about Stinky Dragon? I am so bad at promoting my own show. Yeah, I'm really bad. I, I, I don't like it. I don't care for it. Anyway, we're going to talk about chocolate bars now for about five minutes if you just uh, sit down. Yeah, that's right. Dave, you ever had a Zagnut bar? I have not. Okay. How about a Clark bar? Probably not. Okay. How about a good and plenty? Nope. Oh, that's actually like um, licorice. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, y- Is it like a goodie? Yeah, kind of like goodies. I yeah, have yeah. goodies. So yeah, they're not it. good. <laughs> I like goodies. Oh, yeah. You like licorice. Yeah, I do. Okay. Dave, Dave likes licorice. That's I do. fine. That's good. Licorice is good. Yeah. I remember they used to have... Uh, sorry. Let me just look this up really quickly. Uh, comic book ad. There used to be like ads for um, uh, chocolate bars in comic books, and they were never any of the chocolate bars that I had ever had in my life. <laughs> it was the all these Clark bars. So Clark bar you've never had. Yeah. You've never had a Zagnut bar. Nope. Have you ever had a crunchy peanut uh, butter bar? Nope. Okay. Have you ever had um, a peanut butter log? <laughs> uh, I've not had one. Well, I guess in a way. Oh. Anyway. Okay. Have you had a Clark coconut bar? No. Okay. I'm going to go through. All right. Here we go. All right. These British chocolate bars. Have you had this? Ever had a flake bar? Yep. 
Okay. Ever had a Cadbury's Dairy Milk Chocolate? Yes. Okay. You ever had a Bar 6? No. Bar 6 are really good. Ever had a Picnic? Picnic uh, Chocolate Bar? I don't think so. Okay. Very good. All right. Moving on. I've had Turkish Delight. Okay. I've had uh, Curly Whirly Bars. Okay. Have you ever had a Caramac Bar? Nope. Okay. Well, that's all my questions. (laughs) Have you ever had a Topic Bar? No. All right. Very good. Swiss kit. I tend, no, I Have you ever had a to, Swiss kit bar? I tended to stick to a few tried and trues, when I, especially when I was growing up. Because I wanted to buy the big, like mm. the Mr. Biggs and stuff like that. Because that seemed like the best value. Have you ever had a uh, Cadbury's Double Decker bar? Yes. Okay, very good. Had Have you ever had a Cadbury's Rumba bar? Don't think so. How about a Cadbury's Aztec? I don't think so. Applejack? I don't think so. Okay. Is that all there are? No, there's, there's more than that. There's much more than that. Okay. Listen, we would go on for a million years. Because <laughs> you were asking very obscure ones. No, I've had, no, I, no they're just, I'm just asking ones from the 70s for the most oh, part. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I have not. All right, very good. So, listen, gang. Uh, if you want to contact us with answers to our questions or just list chocolate bars, uh, <laughs> then you can do so at uh, our email, which is sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We are also on Facebook. Sneaky Dragon. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Twitter's still around. For now? Dave doesn't know what's going on at Twitter, but it's, uh, boom, 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 We all thought it was going to be going away, uh, last night and, uh, didn't. So, you know, we got Y2K'd. We'll, we'll see. But anyway, well, wh- we're at sneaky why? underscore dragon. I mean, Twitter. Yeah. Twitter was not doing well before, like, before Donald Trump joined Twitter. Uh, sort of like raging okay. on Twitter. Twitter was like not. Are you thinking? Great. Are you thinking Elon Musk and not Donald Trump? Or are you thinking? No, no I'm thinking Donald Trump. Trump. Okay, like back in 2016. All right. Like, Twitter was already like on the outs. Okay. It was starting to like falter. All right. And then Donald Trump joined, and yep. it, people got interested in it again. It kind of had a new life. Okay. But I guess since it was purchased by Elon Musk, is this what's happening? And so he is not he's a, fired. He's a not a good large businessman. amount of people. Yeah. And then apparently yesterday. He fired uh, uh, someone who uh, was the person in charge of like uh, the keys to the door, like the the, the key card, and uh, and no one could get back into the building. Oh, really? So they're all locked out of the building. And then Musk contacted the guy, going, "Can I hire you back?" And then it was no. And they posted <laughs> this, and so all these people were like basically locked out of the building. Huh. And yeah, so this is the cluster fudge that it is over there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just massive, massive firings that have been going on. Well, I guess I guess he's sort of playing the role of the. It's kind of like when that company bought Sears, this you know Sears, uh, which had been like around for over a hundred years as a department right. store, mail order kind of thing, and then it was sold to a bunch of like venture capitalist cutthroat barbarians, and then they like sold it off piece by piece, and just like kind of. You know, squeezed the rock and got as much blood out of it as they could, and then just threw the husk away, mm-hmm. and all the people who work there away, and everything else. And then Sears is no longer exists. And maybe he's just going to do the same thing with Twitter. He just wants like the the technology that makes Twitter work, but he doesn't really want. Not interested in Twitter as a thing. Well, what if? You, by the way, let me just finish this bit and just go like. And the other way you can contact us, well, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. They're bringing porn back. Are they? The Tumblr. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, not. Uh, Super hardcore, but you know, uh, a little bit of huh? kind of thing that'll make your dad say you can't go to see this. Um, <laughs> or go to our website, sneakydragon.com, 
And uh, every episode of our show is there, and underneath every episode is a messenger, and you can uh, talk to us there. Most people do. Okay, we're going back to this. I have the feeling, this yeah. is my thing about like, okay. Okay. Uh, Elon Musk, is that uh, he... Ha- okay, so he's got this grand idea of historical legacy. And so his, had, his historical legacy? Uh, basically, just having an impact on history. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, things like going to Mars makes sense or revolutionizing cars. Yeah. You know, something something big, like he's got to have, we were talking about relevance, the importance of relevance to yeah. a gentleman. <laughs> um, so he wants big relevance and he wants a big cereal. So he goes to the honeycomb hideout. <laughs> And he buys it, and then uh, all of a sudden they can't make honeycomb anymore because yeah, he's you, fired all the p- the bees. Not smart. Anyway, you uh, lost your job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really small, petty. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so I think with with this, he was thinking like, I'm going to be uh, the spokesperson for free speech. Oh. And, like I'm going to represent free speech because. Things are getting to whatever you call it, woke PC, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what? If we can just have everyone have a platform, then we're going to have a discourse. Then, you know, I'm going to be the guy who people go, he saved free speech. Mm. That's a huge thing. That's like, you know, American dream, you know, not necessarily American, but, you know, but there. So uh, so he does it, and then everyone makes fun of him. It's like, hey, knock it off. <laughs> and everyone's like, I'm Elon Musk. I'm a dumb, dumb chowderhead. It's like, well, we're fi- we're getting rid of you then. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, you don't like speech when it's about me. Okay, well, listen, what we're going to do is you got to say that you're making fun, and then it's okay to make fun. It's like, well, that's not what making fun and free speech is. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah, it immediately blew up in his face. So yeah, the yeah. thing that he wanted, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't get. But, yeah, he likes the big grandiose... You know, when you think like historical relevance, you think it's yeah. it going to space and and the automobile and freedom of speech and all these things. And every time he he does one of these things, you know, people are laughing at him and pointing, and it's no, yeah, it's a drag. I guess he said, "I do not agree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for you to not say it." That's right. Yeah, and I will pay forty-four billion dollars <laughs> for you to not say it. Well, I mean, I think. I mean, part, obviously, part of this is that he didn't didn't want this. He didn't want Twitter. He made like a a kind of a off the cuff yeah remark, and then he kind of got pressured by people's excitement. You know, mostly people who have NFTs got excited about this, and so then he uh, yeah making new money. That's another big idea. I'm going to change money forever. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's a big idea. Okay, and then <laughs> what? Well, I mean, the thing about his I mean, big swings are fine, but they're fine, but they're like they, it's they, not even him up. though, like. But you have a big enough bat, you're going to hit some people on the way. This is the real problem with him for, to me is like, like his claims about like the electric car, which he had nothing to do with. He had nothing to do with it all. He, he just, bought the company. He bought a company and then he insisted they, they denote him as the founder of the company in the contract when he, sure. when, when he bought the company. So he became the fake founder of Tesla. And then the idea that he's going to make new money. Works he, for, worked for Edison. Yes, Edison. Edison didn't uh, invent a lot of shit. He's sure, but we slapped his uh, name on it. We live in a different time. Guy. We live in a different time than Edison, where it's it's easier to get information around than when Edison was uh, being an asshole. Um, and then this idea, like, oh, I'm going to invent new money. What, what are you inventing? Like, Bitcoin isn't invented by Elon Musk. Bitcoin was invented by some other guy, some other dude who thought mm-hmm. we need some money that doesn't isn't tied to fiat currency. Blah blah blah. All this nonsense because it'll be way more stable. Yeah. Like it is right now. You can see how stable it is when it loses, yeah, loses $60,000 in value. He didn't invent electric cars or rocket. He didn't invent any. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
he just kind of gloms onto these things and then just promotes promotes himself. You know, takes a lot of pictures of him. That's basically selfies with these things in the background. Right. And hey, there's nothing wrong with uh, trying to promote like solar energy and electric cars and stuff. Sure, that's fine. But you know, you're gonna make yourself the face of something. Yeah. People are gonna make fun of the face of something. <laughs> you know, people make fun of everything. People make fun of the Quaker Oats guy. What? And that guy's just selling fucking oats. He's I don't think he exists. And people make fun of him, that guy. Well, that's probably why they make fun of him. His non existence. Yeah. Huh. People make fun of Betty Crocker. She doesn't exist either. Chef Boyardee, he did exist. People make fun of that guy. It's not that's not great. The Pringles can guy. Before we go, I want to say one thing. About the Pringles gang? No, it has nothing to do with that. But you brought up pornography on Tumblr, and it made me think that last night... Last night or the night before? I was watching a porno. Okay. You for, were at the local porno For theater? no particular reason. No, no. This was in the privacy of my own crotch. Oh, gross. And... Um, yeah, I think that stuff should be watched in public with a bunch of people <laughs> with uh, mustaches. Yes, as it used to be watched. Yeah, and you have to buy no some one candy as well. Like, buy a thing of goobers. Yeah, no one had this on video hiding in a sock drawer. Okay. Uh, so I was watching this film. But it, what was interesting was it was directed by a woman. This was like from 1982. Okay. Like a full-on, like 80-minute-long fuck fest, you know. Okay. But I was I started watching it. One thing is because I was listening to a podcast about X, the the film, the horror film. Right. The Ty, Ty West film. And they were talking about porn movies because there's a porno being filmed in, in X. And so they're talking about it. And then they made the classic joke of the boom chicka wow. And it always bugs me when people make that joke because it's so not true. It's right. such a cliche that's not real to uh, porno films at all. But it is funny when they're talking about the farmer. And, the, and, and, and you know the farmer who was also a pornographer. And the only two <laughs> animals he had. What's that? Brown chicken, brown cow. Is it? Brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> <laughs> that also bugs me. So then, uh, so I, I just started watching the beginning of it because I was like, what, what music does this movie have in it? And then it was like, like bad, like early '80s synth rock music. Sure. The movie's called Stud Hunters. Okay. Uh, the women are stud hunters, and it's and so the music was like stud hunters. Boo boo boo. It's so terrible, but you know, it's. I'm, I'm gonna say here's yeah. what I'm gonna say about stud hunters. Yeah. I think they were sequels, and I think I rented some of those when I w- not as in I rented them, yeah, but yeah. I rented them out to rented people mode, when rent. I worked at 24 Video. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look it up. Sure. Continue. Sure. It was directed by a woman named Susie Randall, who okay. was one of the first female erotic photographers. She worked for Hustler magazine, and she did some shoots for Pentos and stuff. Right. And then she moved into directing... Uh, 1984, that was when it came. Set Hunters? Yes. Okay. And um, so I just... But then I was curious. When I saw it was directed by a woman, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it for a while. Because I'm curious if it'll be different in... You know, different in how they show sex and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um... And it wasn't. <laughs> so it, was, no. it was exactly the same. It was, there was the classic, you know, early 80s face full of dick scene where you're just kind of like, this is too many dicks. You don't need this. Is this too much stuff going on in this one scene? Like, no one needs this. It's over the top. Calm it down. Five of you dicks leave. Three can stay. You know, that kind of, you know. Right. I felt like policing the scene myself. Going in and saying, Susie, listen, I don't want to mansplain mm-hmm. <laughs> porn, but you're just, you're falling into the trap that everyone else is falling into. We don't need movies, scenes I'm like this in I'm movies. I'm surprised this is on IMDb, but oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. Susie Randall. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, um, apparently her daughter, I was reading about her earlier today because I was curious about her. Uh, her daughter is also an erotic photographer. And she got her, uh, she got her start. Mm-hmm. Um, she worked in London, England as a, as a low paid staff nurse. At St. George's Hospital. Okay. Um, got fed up with being broke. Yeah. And so went into showbiz. Of a sort. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 
Good for her. Did qu- did- it was made at a time when it looks like everyone's having fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I guess there was another Stud Hunters movies. I'm, I'm, I'm incorrect. Okay. Sorry, sorry about that. But it is called Stud Hunters. I'm it was, clear. yeah. Okay. And she was married to uh, Humphrey Knipe. That's a name. Humphrey Knipe. Humphrey Knipe. Very like, British. And it's a, yeah, H-U-M-P-H-R-Y. Humphrey. That's a good name. Yep, sure. But then Knipe. K-N-I-P-E. Interesting. That's a really good... You know what? That's almost... Okay. It's almost a mispronunciation of the word knife. That's almost... And uh, sorry to uh, uh, bring... Oh, my God. Uh, let me... Let me... Let me let me get this correct. Okay. Uh, he's uh, typing. He, he's trying in, to spell in, it. He is t- typing something. And uh, Dave, vamp for like one second. Uh, I, I was just going to say that when you say Humphrey, it reminds me of Humphrey Barclay, the uh, the British television executive who basically formed Monty Python. Oh. Because he, he was in charge of, uh, I think he did Do Not Adjust Your Set. The kids show that starred uh, Michael Palin, Terry Jones, and Eric Heidel, along with Terry Gilliam later on, and the Bonzo Dog Band. And then um, he went. He was working for the BBC, and he he was the one who like called. Well, got John Cleese because originally they wanted John Cleese to do a show. Then John Cleese was like, "Well, how about if all of these guys come together and we all do a show together?" And he's like, "I like the cut of your jib, sir." <laughs> oh, I'm. Oh, Can't I find it. Well, oh, just wait, wait, talk no, about I've it. Almost, oh, okay. I've oh. almost got. Okay. Yeah. I've almost got uh, sure. got it here. Okay, and uh, it'll all uh, make sense in uh, one one second. Uh, probably not going to make sense. It's a weirdly British name, isn't it? It's not one that you see outside here's, of the country. Here's what it is. There was a, and I, I don't want to get this incorrect. Okay, um, but there was a uh, there was a Japanese uh, video game that uh, published. A, uh, you know, it was a it was a baseball game. And oh. so they they've famously yes. Nina won- has her her T-shirt of one of the I've got players. one. I've got one of them. It's oh, like okay. Bob Nut. Dugnut. Doug Bobson, Bobson Dugnut. Bobson Dugnut. Yeah. That's right. I've always wanted to buy that shirt too, but I am it's a, it's a chronically great, cheap. It's a great, uh, yeah, Bobson Dugnut. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, th- it was uh, it was based on like uh, these names that they had that were uh, supposed to sound like American names, but were not in any way n- uh, names that anyone would ever have. Yeah. Such as? So, like Jeremy Gride, <laughs> uh, Onsen Sweeney. Uh, Ray McShriff, um, <laughs> Tony uh, Schmerick, mm. yeah, Bobson Dugnut, uh, <laughs> Willie Dustus, uh, and so on. Um, but it really does sound like that's one of those names. Yeah, yeah. Humphrey Humphrey Knipe would definitely, yeah, it was the uh, uh, the fighting baseball uh, roster. Uh, it's, it, it completely sounds like a name that would fit onto onto that. Humphrey, Humphrey doesn't sound American though. Humphrey is a very British name. Okay. You could have Knipe, but it'd have to be someone like... Bobson does? <laughs> well, no, it's just totally made up, but I mean, it, like, yeah. you could have like Austin Knipe. Or yeah, you could have a fair like, price. Uh, fair, fair point. You know, Daryl uh, Archideld. Chuck Knipe. Uh, Anatol- Anatoly uh, Smorin. That is not American. Yeah. Ray- oh, God, I love Ray McShriff. Oh, anyway, <laughs> my that, favorite is Bobson Dugnut. Bobson Dugnut is the best. I've got a Bobson Dugnut shirt. Uh, it has been admired when I wear it <laughs> out in public. Uh, I would advise you I to I... Uh, go to tpublic.com uh, and uh, get yourself one of those. Or, hey, and a you spark know what? Shirt while you're there. Here, well, here's the thing. Yeah. If you want, you could also go to uh, sparkscomic.com. We'll take you to our Spark site for the book that Dave and I did with uh, Nina. Nina drew it. I wrote it. Dave colored it. 
uh, but sparkscomic.com. It'll uh, show you all three of the uh, Sparks books and will uh, connect you to uh, the Sparks uh, merch, including uh, T-shirts, delightful T-shirts. And if you click on those, those will take you to some of the other shirts that Nina has done. Do we want to talk more about Nina and, and those shirts? Sure we do. But we'll do that with Nina, hopefully next time on Sneaky Dragon. I've been Ian Boothby. I've been David Dugnut. Everybody stay healthy. Bye. <laughs>